You're listening to the Spirit Hunters on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Find out how to join our new Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. And welcome to a very special year-end episode of the Spirit Hunters. This is Joe, Patrick, Hannah, Sarah, and Megan. <laughs> Last time, we finished off the original TV run of the 1999 series and discussed one of the more consequential emoji-ridden text messages of all time. This week, we're doing something a little different and checking in with each of the hosts and asking them what the fuck they were up to in 98, 99, and 2011, and other random shit, including the announcement of a new live-action Yu Hakusho Netflix series, all coming up later in the episode. You better get ready. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Wait, there's a 20... Wait, hold on. <laughs> this yeah, is an announcement for me. There's a, there's going to be a live-action Yu Yu Hakusho? Is that a real thing, or is oh, this a bit? Fuck. Yep. You didn't hear about that? No! You've been posting about it. Oh, shit. No. Yo, save your questions for later, because you're... Oh, my God. I have so many questions. <laughs> Vin Diesel as Chu. Let's just say that a lot of people hope that Yusuke is going to be as transphobic as he is in the show. All we're going to yeah. say. Yeah. Oh, really unfortunate. No. Jesus Christ. Is he going to be as pervy? Ooh, so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> well, we'll find out. I think the net... I'll talk about it later, but I think Netflix's influence could go either way. It, is it, he, it only can be seen, <laughs> really. I think, Not heard. I think the main question for me is, is he going to be white again? <laughs> like like how they made light white? So this like, is made white, by light. Netflix Japan, so it, oh. we'll, we'll talk more about this later, but like, let's let's save it all for one part of the cast. Yeah, okay, I think cool, it's all cool, cool. good. Weirdly, they cast Scarlett Johansson as Yusuke, so I don't know what that was about. I mean, she is Japanese, so we're good. Oh, Fair I thought enough. they were going to do Emma Stone, because she's uh, one quarter Vietnamese. She's only half, or quarter, I forget, whatever. <laughs> okay, anyways, I'm going to the first gonna question, because cool it doesn't make any sense now, because I, I, for some reason I thought it would be later in the day, but that doesn't make any sense. But anyways, hey, what have you, each of you guys been up to uh, throughout you know 2020? How's your 2020 been? How's the year of the plague? Fucking garbage. Oh, care to care to tell us a little bit more? Uh, well, I guess for people that don't know, I got COVID in April, so I forgot. I don't know if, Holy I don't shit! If, oh, yeah. I, don't if I don't know if I ever brought it up on the cast, but yeah, that's why that's why I was gone for two episodes and came back. Sounded like somebody shoved a rod down my throat. Is yeah, I had COVID for three weeks, so that was uh the opposite of fun. It was hor- horrible, but I got to play Resident Evil three afterwards. So I guess oh no, that made it worse because that game is garbage. Yeah, you but got I'll, the T we'll virus talk- after. It was really weird. Yeah, I need, I got it beforehand, so but it but yeah, that game was pretty bad. I'll get back into that later on in the cast, but yeah, besides that, uh I guess uh in terms of I guess doing things, uh I did get a lot of projects done. I cr- restored a Sega Saturn kiosk. So we got a TV, built it all up and stuff. It's pretty sweet. Uh built and restored a Japanese candy arcade cabinet, so that was a that was kind of fun as well. Man, I had a lot of projects. I, I think uh, a lot of people are probably wondering what that means. I know what it means, but could you explain a little bit? Uh, basically, in America, they uh, for you as a you probably imagine when you see an arcade machine, you know, stand up cabinets, really bad uh, buttons and control sticks. Uh, in Japan, they're actually sit down cabinets, so it's like a it's like a plastic molded sort of like dynamic design thing. So basically, they're all sit down caps, so you sit down in front of it and play it versus standing up and breaking your heels. And they have nice Nice clicky buttons, so like you go up to it and the nice clicky, like clicky buttons, clicky joystick. So it 
it uses like sort of premium parts that are really known in Japan. They're really great to use. They deteriorate fast and aren't as sturdy as the American ones, but I mean, they they feel a lot better and it feels a lot better to play, which I really enjoy. Interesting. So, is the, is the primary reason that like that difference existed? I know that metric and uh, imperial has something to do with like some of the reassembly, but is is some of it just like that in the U.S. So many of our, the arcade machines were traditionally in bars, so they had to make things that stood up to more damage. Um, possibly. I think a lot of it's like the whole American resilience thing, and uh, a lot of the arcade machines they were built to in America they were built to last for a while and and really save on switching out parts. And, and it's kind of funny. They were maintained regularly. Exactly. The the big thing with the arcades in Japan though is that these are all single purpose arcade cabs. So basically, it's all generic. And the only thing that switches out is the the t- the art on it. So the top art, like the 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 marquee and the control overlay. That's really the only thing that changed. So they have generic machines like Astro City or Net City. So compared to America, where they have a new machine for everything, it's a lot of it has to do with space saving. So just because there's not a lot of space in Japan, as we all know, space is a premium, especially in the big cities. So they need to have something they they could not swap out all the time. So they just have these machines that just stay there forever, and they swap out the board and marquee, which I kind of like. It makes it a little bit easier to maintain and keep... Uh, keep working and uh, I guess fresh in a way and easier to carry around because you don't want to switch out giant arcade machines every time there's a new one. Interesting. So, yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, it's a, It was expensive though, not going to lie, but it was all worth the effort to put it together. So I basically stripped the entire thing out, put the new, put new uh, like uh, stuff in there, put new controls, put new electronics here and there. But it's pretty good. It looks really nice, and hopefully, once COVID's out, we can have people over to play it. Nice. Because right now, it's basically just me playing uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 all the time, which isn't you, a bad thing. Do you yell about curly mustaches and and uh, the Mango Sentinel? Pretty much. Uh, there's a lot of fist. There's a lot of uh, fist marks on the TV on the CRT. So I'll let you be the judge. Nice. Nice punch but besides that yeah that and just building pcs for people for myself my brother i think i built like six or seven last time i counted and of course sega saturn shiro just doing podcasts and stuff for that so a lot of video content and stuff of that nature keeping that out and you guys can check that out at uh at uh, sega saturn shiro.com a shameless plug for my podcast so and video stuff and that's a real and that's an actual plug (laughs) Yeah, it that's an actual plug. plug. For <laughs> once, it's not thing. Patrick <laughs> just making a joke. No, that's that's actually my thing. SegaSaturnShiro.com, number one podcast for Sega Saturn and all things Sega. Good nice. Shame. Uh, you, I don't have to pay for that, right? No, you don't. Why, why, what the fuck? Um, okay, that's it, though. Megan, how about you? Uh, So, uh, I guess we can go chronologically. It, the year started out pretty good. It was January um we yeah, that is how it starts it's, and it, we woke up oh shit um so the year started in january as everyone may or may not know um what comes after 2020 letter b letter b february um okay <laughs> uh so you started in january i went to i took me and three of my cousins took our other cousin to disneyland for her 18th birthday um, and that was a lot of fun going to Disneyland as an adult. Uh, I hadn't been since like I was 13. And when I was 13 was fun, but like I had never really an interest to go because I really like roller coasters. Um, and I know Disneyland is kind of lacking in that department, 
But uh, we decided to go to Disneyland anyway. It was the weekend the new Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride opened. Um, but actually, the entire park was pretty much empty. So going to Disneyland as an adult Wait, with no when children. Was this? Uh, January 17th, I Why think. Why was it empty? Like it, was, it wasn't empty empty, but I think people... Well, one, it was after the winter break. So all the kids had, you know, oh, because they used to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> they came I forgot back school, school used to be a holiday. thing, huh? Yeah, right? Like in-person classes. <laughs> like, What's that? I know. Strange. Um, so. Did you guys go on a racist mountain? We went to all of the mountains. Uh, we went to Space Mountain like gotcha. 19 times. Um, they're redoing Splash Mountain, I think. Um, they're taking out they're the. They're turning it to not the, racist mountain. Yeah. Um. What if but they just anyway, down? Yeah. It, yeah, they just they just fully put on. <laughs> they give you the entire story of Song of the South. Yeah. Um you get to watch the whole movie during the ride. Jeez. Um, I'm just imagining like a creepy creepy uncle was it the was it Uncle Ramus? Is that the name of the guy? I think it's Uncle Ramus, I don't remember. Yeah, just a yeah. giant Uncle Ramus cardboard cutout staring at you. I mean Continue Megan. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, so I think people were just anticipating it to be super packed, but it was, I went like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Thursday was the day of the ride opening. So Tuesday and Wednesday were like pretty empty. We had no weights in for any of the rides. We had no children to like yell and scream at us. Um, we had in a, our hotel room was like right across the street from the entrance. So when we wanted to take a nap, we just walked across the street and took a nap. Um, it was great. And then that Star Wars ride was freaking amazing. I drank at Disneyland. Um, we were high oh, at Disneyland. Oh, you went to the cantina? Yeah, we went to the cantina. We went to Oga's Tantina, I think that is it. Wait, well, yeah, they, no, do that, they just that play awesome. that song, like, on repeat? No, they have, like, a full, I think they have an animatronic band, like, it's Chuck E. Cheese, but it's, like... Hell yeah. It's, like, it's a like little a jizz band in a corner. I'll, I should show you pictures sometimes. Oh, uh, okay. did, did they tell you the name of the genre of music they play? This is canonical, I'm not joking. I, it, jizz music, right? Jizz. Yeah, it's jizz. <laughs> I yeah, love it. I, I still think that's my favorite greatest hits album, Mouthful of Jizz. <sighs> jizz. Fascinating. But yeah, but no, when, when I went, they had a robo DJ like in the corner. I think oh, I, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. I can't oh, remember. Yeah. So whatever, whatever inherited from jizz. Yeah. Yeah, um, ro- robo, ro- uh, jizztronic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was the right opening for Rise of Resistance. We were lucky enough to get like tickets we actually got to ride the ride it was phenomenal it was really worth the wait it wasn't really a wait it was more like i had we had to get up at 6 a.m to be in the park and like reserve our spot on the app at 7 a.m exactly in order this all to sounds terrible <laughs> kind of was but we got we got a spot like we got an actual ride spot and uh, the ride didn't break down for us so um we had the full experience it was great um nice. so that was a lot of fun uh, and was then the mansion still a was it still a nightmare before Christmas in the mansion? Uh, January, no. Okay, I think they it was, get rid of that. I think it was regular. No, I think the season ended. Okay, because I know they I know they have it from like October to like the winter season. So I wasn't sure if they kept it until like mid January or something. I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know we rode the haunted mansion. I just don't know. Like I can't Fair remember enough. what the the theming was um, when we actually got to go. Gotcha. Because I only was able to ever do the I only ever able to do the haunted mansion with the nightmare for Christmas, which isn't bad. But I kind of wanted to go the on the original one. Yeah, that's where I had my first kiss, guys. Um, in awesome. two thousand and eight was with the haunted mansion. The haunted mansion. It's with Tommy. <laughs> what if I mean, we I, took I the haunted mansion? Yeah, yeah. That's so cute, <laughs> guys. 
It was in a little pod, so it was dark, and also I was 13, and, like, where were you kissing Disneyland? Actually, don't say that, because, like, I've seen children making out in corners before. Jeez. It was a peck that on meme. the view. It was, like, a peck, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't, like, a full-on. <laughs> I was 13. Fair <laughs> so enough. So embarrassing. That's so um, cute, though. Thank you. Um... I, oh, but the couple in front of us, they turned on the lights for a quick second to yell at a couple, I think, in front of us, because I think they were doing some hanky-panky, um, and then they got pulled off the ride, like, once it ended, because there's nowhere to pull you off. They were um, fucking? So, I don't know. I have no idea what they were doing. Um, I don't know. They were listening to some of that jizz music. Huh? Nothing. <laughs> they were listening to some jizz band? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Getting freaky with the jizz band. But I'm just like, also imagining do 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 Just imagine like a hand going up and down to the dudes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, I was 13 and behind these people, and uh, oh, they... I thought that you were saying that happened this time. No, no, no. This happened when I was like 12. Or... This is like right. No, this I, is I knew after the first, my first kiss, kiss thing happened then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I mistook that like you were talking about like now this time there was like some no. fucking on the on mansion. the same day in 2008. <laughs> Um, and I thought I was getting in trouble for some reason because they're just like they're yelling. They're like, uh, "Can you stop that?" Like they literally had to get on the mic and say to everybody, "Can you stop that?" And no one really knew who they were talking to, right? Um, until they were get they got pulled off the ride at the very end and like pulled aside. And they're like, "There are children on this ride," and like looked straight at me. And I was like, "Hello, I'm sorry." Yikes! I was I was gonna say, "Wow, they're probably assholes." The little tiny kiss. Oh my gosh! It's end of the world. <laughs> it was me. I'm so sorry. It was my I, first I was the- one, guys. I was just imagining, like, you just, like, kiss all suddenly, like, three Karens turn around with a haircut, and it's like, mm, we saw you, what you did. We you saw get off the ride. That's so bad. Um, just they scream, oh, like, banshees. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so Disneyland was fun. Uh, f- then it gets worse from there. Uh, the highlight right. was we had a really uh, Super Bowl Sunday. It was February 2nd, because next after January comes February, just so you guys know. Mm. Uh, so February 2nd, 2020, at... I think it was 20, it was either 2200, I think 11 o'clock, 2222. So lots of twos in this. Um, we had a, a relative, a really close relative pass away um, that night of a heart attack. Mm. Um, not COVID related. So that was fun. This might be getting too heavy for this podcast. No, no, don't worry. Mine's uh, going to be heavy too. It's about to get heavier. Yeah. So um, it was essentially, it's my father-in-law. He passed away. Uh, and that was really hard. So that's probably why I wasn't around for a good chunk of like February, March, April. I don't remember when I came back, but um, I was gone for a bit. Uh, that was really hard on the family. Uh, I know a lot of, I think I've told people that we, we were engaged. We were engaged. Like we're not together anymore. We were engaged uh, <laughs> on 2019. Plan to get married this January or next 2021 January. We canceled the wedding in like July ish. Um, so that, that's fun. But so we're not married yet, but that's okay. Uh, lots of people are. It, it, that was due to COVID. And then what happened after that? Oh, but then we bought a house. So it's starting to look up again. So we bought a house. I don't know if it's a panic buy or what. Uh, but we bought a house. We are now living in said house. It's a nice house. It's not breaking down on us anymore. Uh, what else happened after that? Well, what else happened after that? I don't know. That's kind of it. We bought a house. Uh, and then COVID yeah. happened. And just, and just and oppressive isolation for the next yeah. months. Yeah. 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 But it's fine. That's That was about it. Highlight of the year was in January. <laughs> That's <a little laughs> we went to Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, we yeah. were actually my my siblings were actually going to go to Disneyland in May, but obviously that didn't happen for obvious reasons. But yeah. I was kind of bummed because I wanted to because I actually got like this cup from Star Wars Land, and I was cleaning it like the beginning of this year, and I dropped it and it smashed to a million pieces. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It was my old Palmer cup. Sadness. And I was planning on going back this year to get that and get like one of those drawings they do of like a Robin Hood, but. Ah, uh, that didn't happen. Sucks. But hey, hopefully next year, right? Yeah, definitely. Sarah, what about uh your your twenty uh, twenty? It's been really I guess a lot has happened. I mean it doesn't feel like it's a lot, but actually a lot of milestones, so January didn't a lot a lot a lot didn't happen and then February I got promoted um and I wasn't expecting this promotion because it was a position Ooh. I was basically being care like tailored to do and I had all the qualifications this is for the longest time it didn't seem like there was the budget and there wasn't any open positions then uh someone decided they left the company and they're like well you're perfect for the role. So you're going to get promoted. And I was like, wait, wait what? <laughs> so awesome. that transition happened like late, late February and then kind of like midway March. That's when we had to all work from home. So kind of getting that over that curve and kind of growing more professionally. And then I finished grad school in July. But I didn't officially graduate, quote unquote, until August because that's in the summer semester ended and i didn't get my diploma until october (laughs) and i didn't get my actual other other diploma until like maybe two weeks ago so (laughs) now i guess i can officially say i have graduated and i have a master's degree now hey congratulations Uh, that's awesome yeah that's good and I mean, some sad things have happened like our hannah and i's grandfather passed away in june and we weren't able to see him in his in the goto's funeral because he lives he lived all the way in the philippines so with like quarantine you can't go and visit but i think we just kind of knew that he passed away peacefully and we can make peace with that so that and i don't and that was probably the sad thing big sad thing and everything else is kind of dealing with covid and living at home and i know i'm just a homebody from the start but i was like going pretty i was going out of my way to do more in 2019 i had a lot more goals to do in 2020 but yeah, we even go to the gym and stuff yeah like... yeah i do miss going to the gym a lot but yeah i, I miss think... i'm i still kind of go but it's like not the same yeah, it's just, I, I know I personally can't go until, like, a, I need to practice, like, doing workouts with a mask, which is, for me, I just can't do because I asthma, and I think my mind plays tricks on me. Like, I feel like I'm going to hyperventilate when I'm not. So my goal is to start working out at home with the mask just to see how it goes and kind of gauge it from there. But I think until I can get a vaccine, I'm not going to step anywhere near a gym just for safety reasons. But that's, I have been walking a lot, and I'm, my goal is to start running. <laughs> oh, until outside. you said start running, I was going to be like, yo, if you want to do a socially distanced walk, I'm super down for that, because I've been meaning Social to do that. Su- 
Social Spirit Hunters Walk Fest. Continue, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think I just have a lot of time to kind of self-reflect and kind of make peace with, like, find some level of contentness with at least my current situation because it honestly is very privileged and safe. So all I can really do now is kind of focus and give back where I can and try to do as much as I can to find like happy things like starting to bake more starting to play video games again watching shows and animes that I never really watched in the past hell yeah realize I listened to 58,000 almost 500 minutes of Spotify within the past year which I don't even know I don't want to count it in hours because I know it's a lot <laughs> but Oh, it's a I whole rent like song. It's been a pretty <laughs> interesting 2020. I will say I, that. I was about to ask you, Sarah, how many years is 58,000? <laughs> I don't know. I think someone <laughs> count down. Like, I think you listen to almost 900 hours Jesus. Of, of, of music. And I'm like, oh, to be fair, <laughs> I listen to music when I work out. I listen to the podcast when I work. I listen to music in the shower. I'll mm. usually listen to music if I'm cooking yeah, or same. baking, if I'm walking. If I don't know. I think I just don't like the quiet. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Understandable. Oof, big mood. <laughs> yeah. I th- I, it's kind of funny. I, I used to do that with regular music, but now I just listen to that uh it's like this Jap. It's like the city pop, uh, city pop, uh, YouTube live stream, and that's usually my go-to nowadays. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sometimes I'll. I'm kind of the opposite. N- not really the opposite. More just so my brain is so loud, and I talk verbally in my brain. If that makes sense, <laughs> that sometimes I forget there's nothing playing when I'm driving. I'm like so, it'll be about forty minutes sometimes before I'm like, oh right, <laughs> I've been sitting in silence. <laughs> That's yeah, you just think amazing. to yourself out loud, and it's like you just hear you're just thinking really heavily. Like, oh, wait, nothing's playing. No, I have full on conversations. That's why I don't know if that's a healthy thing, but like, I mean, I, I, I know have that there's the a spectrum. Thing. Usually, I'll talk myself through something, or mm-hmm. I imagine like conversations that may happen depending on if I have to interact with people or not. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, to mentally prep myself. I, I, like, I know there's I think, a spectrum of how much people like think vocally versus how much they think just like conceptually, mm-hmm. and like wow, I it sounds like you guys are very much on the extreme end. I think versus conceptual. Yeah, I think I think something I do. I don't know if it's healthy. Is I sometimes think of worst case scenarios like somebody dies or something bad happens or like I have to like 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 just some weird scenarios like I have to fight a bunch of people. It's really weird, and I like I like get myself like actually anxious about it. It's really. I don't think that's healthy at all. But is this when you're driving or or what? <laughs> just just in general, sometimes I'll be like thinking if I'm like driving or I have to do something where I'm in silence. I'll think of like like doomsday scenarios or like worst case scenarios where it's like oh I'm in trouble or I have to fight, like run from the law. And I think okay, what am I gonna do? I need to go here, here, there. How am I gonna hide? What am I gonna use to to escape? So like, or if I want to like like make myself disappear or something crazy. I mean, it's not that I crazy. Feel like that. Yeah. Okay. I think for a while we had like a office training about what to do in a worst case scenario. Um, and I just kept on thinking, if I practice enough, maybe I can throw the stapler like Bullseye did in Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was imagining somebody <laughs> comes in with a gun and you're just like throwing like ricocheting stuff off the wall and hitting the sky repeatedly with shit. Yeah. When I was like, in the you off- never know, maybe the adrenaline will kick in. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> there was one day I was in the office, obviously before COVID, and like I had a, a guy next to me, his name is Jack, he's about our age. Um, I, for some reason, I was super paranoid that day. I think we just had like a, a safety in place training. And every three seconds, I kept looking over my shoulder for like a gunman. <laughs> oh. Wait, like what, solid... what does the Jack part have anything to do with anything? Oh, because he was just like, dude, are you okay? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Otherwise, I was like, and why I, didn't you tell I us this? To, I had to explain to him that like, yo, I'm good. Uh, but I feel like we might die. And he was like, yeah, 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 I get that. I'll check for you too. <laughs> So cool. He's like, you know what? That's my daily routine, so it's all cool. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, um, so. But yeah, I guess I really didn't have much to do with it. I just remember him being there and then our other friend Stephanie right there and her going, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, what's going on? You know, on? I, I actually legit do worry about that sometimes with my work because our work is like on the on the streets in Phoenix and people just walk in. And we've had people like just walk in that are homeless there. And I'm just worried that, like, somebody will just walk in with with not the right mentality and, you know. Most um, of the time, they're probably, you know, they're lost and hungry or confused. I don't think you're at that much risk there. I I was thinking more disgruntled employee. (laughs) Yeah, I just, yeah, I didn't mean, like, the just, like, anybody. It's not, like, just homeless people. Mm -hmm. Just just example, because you can just walk in. There's no security. My uh my job, a previous one that I had, um, where I used to work at a video game company that was like right next to the Scottsdale airport, like mm-hmm. we gave a dude a job for finding our office. Um because <laughs> we like had it like really well hidden and he just like through a combination of hacking and other things, fucking found our office and applied for like a DevOps job and we're just like, I fine, you fucking got the job, you hacked into all our shit. That's kind Very of creepy. Weird. Wait, wow. and you gave him the job? I mean, it wasn't my choice. It was our CEO. And, like, our CEO was a nice guy, but he had some weird ideas, and he hired that guy. And that guy turned out to be really good. It was just really fucking weird, because we're all like, wait, this guy fucking found where we worked, and that's why we're giving him a job? And then everyone was like, yep. What? Like, what? Is it like, was he a fan of your guys or something? Um, No, he was just a dude who wanted to work in video games and, like, had, like, an IT and DevOps skill set and just, like, couldn't figure out another easy way to get in. Okay. Oh, like, he say, wanted like to be local. Applying and interviewing like a normal he person. He needed to be local, local because he had like I think his parents are either dead or work somewhere else to the point where he has to take care of all his young siblings. Like it's very Brock from Pokemon type type shit. He's I was gonna Brock. say he's, his life sounds very anime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's also Japanese American. Anyways, oh. wait is is this do you do you think he's making up this story because it sounds like an anime? No, we've uh, I met verified. Later. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah, that was my yeah. twenty. How about you, Hannah? Um, it was a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's say um, I moved out of the rental house I was in for three years to then. Um, eventually get my new house. So I bought a house just like Megan. Uh, there was a lot of work. I've worked a lot this year. I think everyone did and working remotely just enhances the overtime, even though I'm salaried. So it doesn't even matter. Like if I work overtime, but it was good. It was a lot of transformative work and I think I developed my skill set a lot. Um, 
yeah, I moved into a new house, beautiful house. I really like it. Um, and then around the fall, I got married. Ooh, so Ooh, congratulations. thank you. <laughs> um, so that was really fun. Um, and then now, uh, I don't know, just trying to bake a lot as well and relax a little. I binge watched a lot of shows this year, like I think most people did. I dyed my hair by myself. Oh, uh, what color is it? I did a balayage, which is basically a transition from dark to light. Ooh. So it goes, I, if you look at my wedding photos, it's that color. So um, from dark to blonde, I did it all by myself. I watched so many Brad Mondo <laughs> videos. He's yes. a hairstylist on YouTube. And it took me, it took me three, four sessions throughout all of August to get my hair from black to blonde. So, oh God. did um, you did you do foils? Did you or did you do like more of a like a freestyle technique? I did foils. Oh my God! But then the last session, I did I put my hair in a bunch of ponytails and I just slapped that bleach on, and it actually worked the best. So. <laughs> Yeah. It looks really good in the photos. I like the I like the transition from the dark to the light. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so um I that's I guess my new hobby now is dyeing my hair. So Sick. <laughs> I bought a bunch of colors. Um I did my hair I dyed my hair purple in October and then um right now, um probably in the beginning of January I'm gonna do blue because like it's winter, cool color, so yeah. Yeah, I was I was thinking of dyeing my hair, but I I realized that I don't really. I think if I did it, it'd probably be like blue or something, and I'd look like somebody from Cyberpunk, like the way that <laughs> I only get my hair. Would you look? Just do it. You would you look like the game? Would you look like the PS4 Wait, version? Uh, <laughs> I want to be honest. What hair? What are you talking about? My my luscious hair that I have. Like 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 on your beard? You want no, to dye my your head. beard? Ah, so you want to. Pat, remind me, do you have hair on your head? He he, he always just shaved oh, it, on. like, you know, ever since quarantine, he's just been growing it out. Uh, oh, wait, oh, yeah, no, sorry, I just checked, I don't have hair, sorry, guys. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I just realized. I was, but you could dye all... your beard. <laughs> I guess, but I look like one of those Viking guys. like you or know, like Smurf. The... Smurfette. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the, fun... the funniest thing is if I actually grew out my hair and I dyed it, I'd legit look like Vegeta when he goes Super Saiyan Blue. <laughs> what? Because he has a receding hairline, like just stick up naturally. Oh, the receded hairline. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, it took me a second. I was just like, what? What? Um, yeah, nice. genetics sucks. Don't don't do genetics, guys. <laughs> Genes are bad. This is the Spirit Hunter's new position. <laughs> I'm all about I'm all about those jorts. Wait, are we eugenics? Is this eugenics? <laughs> no, we said bad? genes are bad. Actually. Okay. Okay. It's the opposite of eugenics. Thing. No inheritance whatsoever. <laughs> I only use I only use object references. <sighs> I hate you. Thanks. We're all about interfaces here on the Spirit Hunters. Interface hunters. Sorry, yes. sorry, Hannah. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, it's totally okay. Um. Yeah, so that's mainly it. Um. Yeah, 2020 has been a ride. It was so slow in the beginning, and now it went by so quickly. <laughs> like, but slowly at the same time. <laughs> Days blur by. <laughs> it's like, man, I wish something exciting happens in 2020. 
Man, I bet nobody's an asset about 2021. Yeah, everyone's like, I hope it's the most boring year ever. So Yes, exactly. It doesn't go down in the history books. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, um, I don't know if you guys ever watched the Team Four Star, the DBZ Abridged, where Nail's like, oh god, it's so boring around here. I just wish something happened, anything happened. And then, and then fucking the Frieza Force invades. <laughs> kind of like that. Nice. Yeah, so um, I've been watching a lot of anime in 2020 more than I did in 2019. So um, I'll start off the, with a question and then I'll say my answer and then I'll you guys can go next. So oh, um, I, I, wait, uh, Joe needs to update us on what he's been up to. Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry, you can edit that. No, actually, let's, good, uh, let's, let, let's actually skip forward. We don't need to know fuck, about Joe. Fuck you. Anyways. Okay, how about you, Joe? What's What have you been up to in 2020? 2020 has been weird, bro. Um, started the year living in SF. Uh, had a girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> uh, coronavirus started getting bad. Um, the primary was going weird. And uh, for some reason, my dad decided to have his birthday in the middle of nowhere in Texas this year. So we went to a small art commune near the border in the fields, nowhere near any big city. And while there, uh, a bunch of Democratic presidential candidates announced they were dropping out of the race. And then it became very clear that Biden was going to be the nominee. So there was a really but fucking But Bernie has still has a chance, right? Yeah, he, he still has a chance <laughs> if both Biden and Kamala Harris and Trump all get coronavirus and die. Yeah. But, but you're saying there's a chance, though, right? Yeah, he, he does have a chance. <laughs> yep. Just like you and I. But, uh, yeah, so weird week, uh, in time came back, uh, moved to Arizona to be with my then girlfriend because like coronavirus had hit California at that point and it sucked. Cause like I couldn't go anywhere and I was paying 1800 for a tiny apartment that was really dark. So it was just incredibly depressing. So I was like, oh, I'll move back to Arizona with my girlfriend, see how things go. Um, we had lived together before. Uh, but you know, 2020 is a time of change. Uh, really a lot of people found out more about themselves and about other people and about themselves and other people and, uh, things didn't work out. So I've since moved out to another place in Arizona waiting to get a vaccine so I can move back to California and figure out what the fuck I'm doing with my life. Um, have a good job, but like, I don't know what the fuck I want in life anymore. And I think the late last part of 2020 and probably the early half of 2021 is going to be me doing some soul searching. The good news is this podcast was partially born from the last time that me and this girl broke up. So who knows? Maybe you'll get double podcast. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do, Another we'll do podcast. A, we'll do an Aqua Teen podcast, Joe. No, we're okay. So it's spoilers. It's probably not going to be a podcast. It's probably going to be something more personal and by myself. That said, wish me luck. Um, other than that, yeah, in the meantime, to fill up some time, I've been running a bi-weekly movie night that, uh, Patrick's been attending, like, just, like, online. We watch horror movies, like, sometimes obscure Mexican horror movies about, like, actual history. Other times, Cannibal Holocaust. Weird shit. Yeah. Man, that movie was fucked. It's a whole vibe, yeah. We also watched Shars Counterattack, the Gundam movie, for some reason. The, The great horror movie. Yeah, incredibly great horror movie. It was very weird when everyone's like, this dude's a pedophile, and then it turned out he wasn't. That was a very weird twist. Huh. Um, yeah. 2020 be like, 
yeah, 2020 be like, oh, Aryan Superman, please crash meteor into me. You're not a pedophile. 2020. Yikes. Um, I got a, a new street bike, though. Well, trail bike, street and trail. So I've been like biking around. Um, been a good time. I actually really enjoy biking. It's something I've been doing a lot less of. Oh, Other than that, um, huh? Do you have a pointy helmet? No, I have like a BMX style helmet. <laughs> oh, okay. You have, cool. you have skin tight clothing? Uh, no. I'm, I'm not. Oh. So I'm sure I like the listeners biking. I would love to see that, Joe. Please post pics. Thank you. <laughs> I need to get back in shape. Anyways, um, but we I was going to say, uh, like. Do a calendar with our wrestling singlets, Joe. <laughs> oh, God. That would not go well right now. No, I don't think I could fit into mine if I had it. Like, I'm just going to put a gi on instead. Yeah. Oh, a gi's fine. We can all wear yeah, a gi. No, a gi is yeah. totally fine. Like, you can hide whatever singlet. you want. I don't think just I can fit into mine. Just in case you don't mine. know. Um, Sarah and like Hannah and even Pat. Do you guys know what a wrestling singlet is? Uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of it Is it like, like the tight thing that, that that they wear? Yeah, yeah. It's like a leotard that's way like too low to swimsuit. cover your nipple sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I, I kind of like what the <laughs> it's like kind of what Chyna Tatum wore in like Team Foxcatcher, right? Except yeah. the, uh, I mean, minus exactly. the murder. Yeah, they w- would have been. I haven't seen that yet. The fox character. I haven't seen it either. I've heard good things. Yeah. You know about you know about the whole the tr- story of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the story's fucked. Yeah, do watch that movie. It's super good, by the way. A little bit early for that. Watch that movie. It's good as shit. Sounds good. Um, other than other than all that, yeah, I may or may not get into streaming. Maybe that will be the thing I do. But like, it's looking like probably not. It will probably just be some personal stuff. If I did, if I did streaming, it would be like old school games, and then I would like. Do one week I would look at the game. I would play the game. The next week I would look at the code and fuck with it. Oh, nice! Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Maybe it will just be me journaling and meditating more. You know that thing that you guys can totally enjoy. I'll make a Patreon goal specifically for like if you do this, Joe takes better care of himself. Well, the <laughs> Bujo, the Bujo community is popping. The bullet what? general community. So. Oh, oh, okay. I, I think you said the Boo Joe. I was like, I don't understand this joke. Oh. <laughs> Boo Joe is short for bullet journaling. And if you, since you mentioned, mentioned bullet journaling, there is a community just for journaling. So, Wait, what's <laughs> bullet journaling? Is it like short journaling or like the style um, of... It's a style where people will do a more visual or a uh, way of like journaling setting schedule so like you take a you can use a simple um, notebook that has like either the checkered pattern like the um, box pattern or the dots and then you just basically make outlines and you like draw a small calendar or you do a bullet list it could be as like um, as bare bones as just making bullet lists like Monday, bullet, do this, do this, do this. Tuesday, bullet, do this, do this. And then you have elaborate ones where people do drawings, they do spreads, quote unquote, where they'll have like a calendar for January, which will go into like a daily, a page for daily tasks, a page for like weekly goals, a page for like that. And then you check mark it once it's done. I've tried it um, for 
2020. It didn't work out, so I'm going to restart it for 2021. <laughs> so, so I got a funny it's story. It's aesthetic journaling. I get it. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm already addicted to to-do lists. Like, basically, I use a combination of my calendar and my notes app in order to just, like, hey, on my calendar, I keep what I want to do on a particular day, and then day of, I just, like, put it all into a notes thing and just try to get it done. I've mm-hmm. debated trying to make some program that, like, makes the two interoperate better. But um, I'll look into bullet journaling because, like, maybe doing it physically would be better. Although having this, there's, like, a nice record of the shit I've done on a particular day and the approximate oh, yeah. time because I'm insane. Yeah. No. I mean, journaling can vary anything from more organizational to more introspective. Mm-hmm. I, I usually associate it with for introspective. Like a hot two weeks and I was like, I don't know. I got very, I got very nitpicky about how I was writing. I was like, "This <laughs> is not grammatically correct," or oh. <laughs> stuff like that. But there's a lot of things where it could prompt you with questions that aren't too vague or too overwhelming in terms of like depth that you have to answer them. I think there's apps for it, but that's something I wanted to get into too, just because it's a good way to check in with yourself and see like where you are mentally and emotionally yeah i meant to do it more on the introspective side so i was interested to hear that oftentimes people apparently apply it to the sort of like operational side of things but yeah. um i'll definitely look into bullet journaling and, and see that stuff uh and check it out possibly incorporate it but when i heard bullet journaling i mean i know what you were talking about because we had talked about it previously but I, I thought about, like, what is Bullet Diary? And then I'm like, the Bullet Diary is definitely the memoir of a gunslinger. Oh. <laughs> Bujo for my Valentine? Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys want to know an interesting piece of trivia about the word journal? Sure. Okay. What do you guys think of the difference between a journal and a diary? Uh, a, a diary uh, is more about your inner thoughts and how, like, your feeling while a journal i think is more a documenting what you did that's possibly true the only thing i was going to bring up is the fact that journal comes from italian and uh diary comes from french they're the same word oh okay giornale just means daily diary means diaria like daily okay that's Uh, cool i thought you were gonna make a spirit uh, journey to the west reference for a second how (laughs) Like journey, journal, journal to the west. Oh, now I'm wondering if journey is like a record of a daily account of a uh, like a voyage. I'm I'm curious. Probably not, but uh, I know that journal and diary are basically the same word in more ways Fair than enough. we normally think of. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of foreign words, you guys <laughs> want to talk about the anime you've been watching this year? Yeah. Sure. Um. I, I guess I'll go first, I suppose, but uh, I watched a couple of them, some new, some old. Um, I watched uh, Beastars, uh, Dora Hetero, uh, BNA, Hunter Hunter, of course, obviously, or I wouldn't be doing this cast. I started Hajime no Ippo back after not watching it for for a couple years, mostly because I found a good, reliable way to watch the old ones. Gunsmith Cats, that was really good. Uh, Sword of the Stranger, I, that was, I, I watched that when I was sick with COVID. It's pretty good, uh, kind of right. And then of course, uh, this some obscure anime called Mobile Suit Gundam. I don't know, never, never heard of it before. How this, far in but... it are you? Um, I don't remember. I think I'm like episode thirteen or something. Okay, cool. So cool. I'm pretty far in. It seems like the same. 
they're they're in the same vibe of fighting Char back and forth, so or fighting his thing. So it's 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 alright so far. Probably gonna warm yeah. up. Original Gundam's a lot more episodic than all the later series because it's kind of a toy commercial more than the later series are. Yeah, it definitely has a has a Transformers vibe to it. That's for sure. Yeah, when they made the summary movies in the early '80s of the original series, they removed all the episodes where they just fought a gimmick enemy that was only there to sell toys. Hey, America and Japan don't really differ that much. Yeah, if you think about it. But uh, in terms of anime of the year, definitely has to say B Stars. I think it's really good. It was really good. I love the I love the funny animals genre of that. Or I guess funny animals like the anthropomorphic animals in a way. I really liked it. I thought the the art style was great. It's by the same guys that did uh, my least favorite anime of all time, which was Land of the Lustrous, which I fucking hated. I don't know anything about this. Please it, tell me about it, it. Are you saying the production company or the mangaka? The 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 production company. Oh okay. The mangaka is weird. It's funny because she's the daughter. She's the daughter of the guy that did uh did Baki, which I thought was kind of interesting. But she she doesn't show her or at least last time I saw she doesn't show her face, so she's always wearing a mask or like a helmet or something like that. Yeah, That's she wants sad. to be sort of anonymous, but I don't blame her. No, I, I was gonna say I don't blame her either. I I think it's interesting how many more prominent um, female mangaka are doing kind of similar things because they don't want to be fucking recognized. Mm-hmm. Fair enough, but yeah, no, it's it's really good. Uh, they just finished up the ma- the manga actually recently. So the new season coming out next year, I'm super excited about that. I really I really enjoyed it. I I actually started getting the manga, so I'm slowly reading that. I want to get caught up and read the full thing though. I'm super excited to see what happens. I kind of spoiled, but you know, it's not really a big deal. But yeah, I would highly recommend watching Beastars if you haven't. Definitely my anime of the year even though it technically came out last year, I guess. So, but yeah, 10 out of 10 anime, watch that. And that's about it. <coughs> I have issues with Beastars, <laughs> but, like, and not for, like, the furry aspects, but, like. In what way? So, at first, I was, like, a little off-put because I didn't know what the show was about, that the little rabbit was, like, very sexually charged, right? And then I yeah. was like, oh, but cool, like, she's, she's like, she's killing it. She, you know, she, she knows what she wants, and she wants, like, you know, she's sexual, and that's okay because, like, you know, she's a woman, she's a person, like. Like and she, and she's not afraid to ask for it. Then they turned it into like a a damaged woman vibe, and I wasn't about that. <laughs> mm. You know what I, I mean? I, it's like oh, I'm I I'm that. so damaged. It's be- you know I'm only like this because I don't have self worth. Blah 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 blah. Um, it just feels like Evangelion all of a sudden. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I kind of I kind of got a, more of the vibe I got from was a. Uh, it seemed like she was more. Uh, I, I guess she was she was more. She felt like she was helpless and she didn't want to be. In a way, because like I guess just based, I guess spoilers. But it's like a a carnivore dynamic of it. I don't know. At least that's what I've took it from. But that's I guess my perspective in a way. But it seemed like oh, it's like she's just she's like a herbivore, and where she all these other races are stronger and more prominent and stuff of that nature. But I can definitely pick that up, pick that up as well. So yeah. it's an interesting hearing that perspective from it though. But like in the society, the oh shoot, the herbivore. Is um is the leading class, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they pull the Zootopia. Oh, yeah, you know, I guess in Zootopia, it's carnivores that are leading. Huh? It yeah. kind of feels like Zootopia, actually. To be honest, yeah. like actually, that's more BNA though. Cor- yeah, BNA. But carniv- carnivores are seen as like the lower class because they're they're aggressive and they can kill. You know what I mean? Like it's the 
it's like politically the herbivores are the ruling class because they're seen as peaceful and gentle and kind or whatever some mm-hmm. shit. And then the the carnivores are the vicious in this universe, the vicious, like murderous, like you got to be aware, you know, you have to be scared of them because that kind of thing. Because D- they can hurt dumb you. Dumb question. Does this show kind of try to going with the metaphor that's used in Japanese society now of the herbivore man? Is that like what they're going for? I'm not sure what that is. Herbivore man is this idea. It's like a common cultural criticism uh, that older Japanese people have for the younger generation of like the people who don't have the spirit of younger of former generations of Japanese young people where they were very go getter and like trying to uphold traditional gender roles and like, you know, like work Mm -hmm. themselves to death. And they see that as a bad thing that they're not doing that. They're like, oh, yeah, these men just want to like sit around and not really get stuff done and like not get married but they're also neglecting the fact that like women don't want to get married because it's a fucking social de- death sentence right and stuff like that it's mm. basically just like a criticism of young japanese people not I don't, really yeah i don't think it's the criticism that's i never heard i've actually never heard of that but like i think that's a very valid like not valid from the herb people saying that but like that's a very interesting cultural like phenomenon essentially mm-hmm. yeah but I, I don't, don't think I don't think B stars. Oh, sorry. And sexuality. It's very interesting how it's not obviously like perfectly nuanced, but mm-hmm. I guess in terms of like anime, it is fairly progressive, especially yeah, with that's true. a lot of like Japan, their attitudes towards sexuality is very different from the West. Actually, I was kind of reading this last night, but. I forgot who the professor was, but they were doing a research paper just on the differences in how sex is portrayed in Western media, specifically American versus Japanese, and how its relationship with reality, and where in Japanese media, that is seen as like the more superior or idealized version of reality. Therefore, there's a lot more fan service and more obvious sexualization of things that you wouldn't see in America because in America while sex does sell ultimately reality trumps fiction and that's with live action over cartoon like when America and say like oh if you watch anime um, that's seen as childish or perverted especially if there's like things with seeing children in things that you wouldn't really see in American media. And that's even though there's, I mean, just look at uh, cuties and how it was marketed in Oof. Netflix, but <laughs> and in, in, when it came to America. So it's like, it has a little bit of like hypocrisy in terms of like how I think sex, sex is portrayed. I, it, it's, I don't know. I've always been like very curious about this, especially getting into like back into more, um, east asian media versus like american which i was only kind of paying attention to i haven't been watching a lot but before quarantine but quarantine i've been like watching a lot more different stuff and yo just go into go into yours now if you want oh me okay uh so anime wise um so i've been i watched door door hetero and that was like i think one of the first things i watched um it's not anime per se, but it is anime ass Castlevania, and I really like that Hunter Hunter for. Um, we watched some of One Piece. 
I watched Haikyuu for the first time after yes. a lot. I was very I need hesitant to watch that for a while just because I'm like, Sword Sanities are boring. But this one is like, ah, oh, I'm in the feels. Like, oh, I just want to play volleyball now. <laughs> um, we'll start up a, a Spirit Hunters volleyball team. <laughs> that actually would be pretty fun. <laughs> I'd be yeah, down okay. to like, that. Maybe in the month after I get the vaccine, but before I move, we should all fucking hang out more in person, and that could be one thing for sure. Mm-hmm. We just like get Hayaku themed Spirit Hunters uniforms. <laughs> God damn it. That would be the Libero. <laughs> hey. um, what else have I watched? Uh, Demon Demon Slayer I watched. I like that. Uh, my second life as a villainess, which started, which I really liked. It started this obsession with the Tomei Isakai, which I mentioned before. And I could go on a horse whole spiel about this very niche but very interesting subgenre that's full of cliches, but also a lot of hidden gems. Um, then I just started watching Jujutsu Kaisen, literally yes. one episode, and I really like it. And C- clarification: is the Jew in that curse rather than soft? Yeah. Okay. I think I think so. I have to assume so. But so I'm... it's curse technique something rather than okay. Yeah, it's Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. yeah. Because when I first saw it, I was like, hell yeah, someone made a fucking jujitsu anime. <laughs> no, it's, it's, when, it's, uh, it's J, like, it's English spelled J-U-J-U. I don't actually know the Kata. Oh, I was going to say the other one also in modern romanization is J-U as well. It's just oh, is it? the old oh, romanization. Yeah, Ju for soft is also just J-U, but because it was romanized much earlier, like back when English was spelled slightly differently, especially the romanization of Japanese words, it's J I U. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Oops. Yeah. Well, there are curses, so <laughs> <laughs> there are. <laughs> and I guess for I think that's really it. If I watch any anime, I don't really remember. So for anime of the year, I think the one that stuck with the longest was Haikyuu. So I'm on the Haikyuu hype train. Haikyuu, Haikyuu. Haikyuu hype train, baby. Um, I think I'll go next because I might have to go soon. Sounds good. But uh, for 2020, I don't know if I... I actually realized how much anime I don't like now. I used to like almost like everything that was put in front of my face. Um, what changed? I think I just got older. <laughs> Damn. And I, I, I think I've seen enough now where I can differentiate between is this good for me or is this just anime? <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I feel you. That's why I don't enjoy most anime. Yeah, I don't enjoy a lot of anime. Well, I'm a lot pickier now, I guess I should say. I still enjoy anime. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, but I, I am pickier now. Like, I I need character progression um, done in a way that makes sense. Like, I need a good storyline. I need good art. Like, I, I need a lot of things. Um, so me and Tommy tried a lot of the, I, I obviously, I think I don't like Isekai. I've realized now I am not a fan of, um, just, I mean, I, I like some, like I liked ReZero. I, I had my moments of sword art, um, certain seasons I like more than others. Um, this is why I, I realized how much I don't like some animes now. I tried to watch Overlord and the Rising of Shield Hero this year, kind of recently. I fucking hated both of those shows. 
interesting. Uh, I've heard good things about both. I have too, and that's why I was I was excited. Um, I'll start with the Rising of Shield Hero. This is going to be just like, what's the worst? I mean, this wasn't even 2020. This is 2019, I think, or 2017. I don't even remember. It's been a bit, yeah. Yeah, so the Rising Shield Hero is basically like, it's borderline incel fantasy, but that's that's fine. Um, I mean, it's about a dude, <laughs> Wait, you know? Okay, huh. incel fantasy can go two directions. Yeah. Is he getting a lot of fucking, or is it like he's punishing women for wanting sex? No, he has... No, it's the first... More with the first one. Without okay, actual thank sex. God. I was with, like, holy shit. With, without actual sex, though. Um, he has a harem, essentially, of girls who are fawning over him for no fucking reason. Um, ah, the Tenchi Muyo problem. Yeah, the Tenchi Muyo problem, right? And it's just... In the 90s when I was eight and, like, naive... Or eight. I was I was like four in the nineties, whatever. But like in the two thousands, when I was like little and like impressionable, Tenchi Muyo was great. Um, Shuffle, fantastic, <laughs> so bad. But like all those harem animes I watched when I was a kid, I was like, all right, whatever. Like it's a romance, it's fun. Um, as an adult, looking looking at these types of like all the girls are after this one guy, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It it doesn't doesn't suit my fancy. Um, I think, so he has three women, like, so apparently he's, like, picked on because he's the shield hero. Um, sorry if you guys want to watch this show. I'm sure a lot of people like this show, to be honest. So this is just my opinion. But um, essentially what happens is this guy's, like, super picked on. And then he has these, eventually, uh, because he's, like, the worst hero, but it's an isekai, so he comes from the normal world. Um, and they have some interesting elements to it, but... Uh, basically, he's the worst hero. Everyone picks on him. And then he gets accused of rape. Uh, falsely accused of rape. Um, so that's the driving force of this. So that's why everyone hates him. Um, but the girl was lying. Uh, but Oh, like, I can see how this is an incel fantasy. That's, that's part. That's one. That's the first thing you get to see in like, the first episode. And then um, uh. he's all mad, you know, and there's like, some character progression, kind of. Um, and then he goes and buys a slave. Um, a little girl, like, a uh, Spice and Wolf, they just copied that girl's, um, <laughs> the wolf girl's, uh, look. Uh, I did see this part of the series and thought it was real fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, he bought a slave girl who's a child when he buys her, um, to help him, because he can't attack with any weapons, because he can only use a shield, so he needs to use her as, like, the stabby part, right? <laughs> um, oh, so God. cool. So he feeds her and takes care of her. He's kind of like a father figure. But since it's kind of like a video game because it's an isekai, she levels up. Um, and then, oh, look, well, what do you know? The child he raised for a couple days is now an adult-looking girl. <laughs> Technically still eight, but she looks 17, so everything's okay. And it, then It's also the fact that she's his adoptive daughter. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also still slave. Like she slave-packed to him. Like... She cannot do anything without his permission. Like, that's a thing. And then at one point, the slave curse is broken, right? So, okay, cool. And, like, it would be fine if she, like, oh, I'm still going to join you. Like, you've been, like, cool. We're friends now. Like, it's all good. Do but they she decides, go back under the curse? Yeah. She willingly gets herself branded with this dude to show her loyalty. <sighs> Yikes. Mm-mm. Bruh. Wow. <laughs> like, that's that's awesome. Um, isn't that kind of like that cult that happened out here? Yep. Yeah, like the Nivitzimum. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And All then... Right. And then... What else happens? Oh, and then there's two more girls. One who's obviously eight years old. And then there's like a, a love triangle with those two. And then another girl. I don't know. I don't get good. it. Anyway. Good. Good. This is great, you know? And then, uh, oh, uh, you know, everyone realizes the girl's 
the girl who lied about being raped was obviously wrong because, I mean, she didn't, you know, it was a lie, but at the same time, like, why write that in? Um, and then, <laughs> so yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite. Um, and then Overlord was just kind of boring for me. I think that was where it ends. It was cute at first, but I, I'm kind of over the isekai thing. I think if I watched earlier, I might have liked it more. Um, but you Rising ever, uh, Shield Hero. You check out Konosuba? No, I actually I've heard good things about that, but now I'm hesitant. <laughs> it's a now you're it's actually, about good things. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a commentary and sort of critique and like a parody of of the isekai stuff. Okay, so it's it's, it's more of not like satire commentary type than like just a clone with like a slightly different premise. Yeah, no, it's like it's like a satire, like a joke. Oh, anime. okay. It's it's pretty good though. I I like it a lot. Like I guess spoilers. There's this one character he meets that that has advanced magic but she can only do that advanced magic and once she does it she passes the fuck out <laughs> okay that's pretty funny i'll give that a shot um but i have watched jujutsu kaisen uh a little bit the first four episodes i tried to watch kinizer kinizer i've never heard of this it's on amazon prime <laughs> i don't know <laughs> the amazon prime hasn't had a tr- good track record of like anime that's exclusive to Annasville. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I could be wrong. That yeah. one wasn't too bad. That was interesting. It's these like eight kids get kidnapped or seven kids get kidnapped um, and they got experimented on I think and now they all share this pain like pain equally. So if one of them gets hurt, they all equally disperse that pain. So if once someone dies, the force wouldn't be enough to kill everyone theoretically because it like lessens with the more people who can feel the pain. I don't know. I don't know. I the plot of a in. Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> Very possibly. It's Jackie called Chan the Adventures. Twins Effect. Uh, that, that could be. I don't know. That was okay. Uh, oh, and Fruits Baskets. If I'm going to do a number one, though, it's Fruits Baskets. Dude, I haven't seen oh, that nice. everywhere. It's great. It's fantastic. I, I love the original series. I haven't watched much of the yeah. new one. This one has a lot more feels and a lot less comedy, but I'm I'm for it. It's It's so good. It's beautifully drawn. I think it's interesting. I think it's faithful to the manga. I don't know. I've never actually read it. Um, but I'm just glad the story gets progressed farther than, like, <laughs> you know, the first season. It was a really weird place to stop off in the original <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool, cool. Um, you good, Megan? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That And that was that was my list of 2020 stuff. <laughs> Nice. Did you say your anime of the year was? What was your anime oh, of the year? Fruits Basket. Fruits Basket. Oh, okay, Fruit Basket. Yeah. Okay. Fruba. Um, yeah, as for me, I watched some stuff very after its time. Uh, I watched Double Zeta Gundam, uh, which is the third Gundam series from like 86, I think. It's either 86 or 87. It's probably 86. Um, it's really good. Like, it... It's interesting because, like, for a long time in the Western fandom of Gundam, no one liked this show. And it turns out it's because no one made it past the 10th episode because the first 10 episodes are some of the worst TV I've ever seen in my life. But uh, it turns out after that, like, this show is the biggest contrast of all time. I think maybe one of the best single episodes of Gundam or any anime I've ever seen is, like, after all that bullshit. Like, it's really weird. So it takes place in the same universe as original Gundam and Zeta and Char's Counterattack. So it's part of that first story, but a lot of people don't think of it that way because it's kind of, basically, if you took the original Gundam series, its definite sequel is Zeta Gundam, 
And then after that, it kind of splits where you have the events of Double Zeta, which then resolve in a way that those people can't interact with what happens on the other side of the split timeline of Char's counterattack, which is the one that everyone thinks as the end of a trilogy, but it actually turns out it's the end of a tetralogy. But um, it's really, really good, and it's really weird because it starts out, again, with those first ten episodes, which are a sitcom? Like, a really bad sitcom. Like, and then it becomes this, like, incredibly deep take on, like, war, anti-imperialism, and decolonization. And, like, what it's like to wage a war without having an ideological grounding. It's It asks some really deep questions after one of the worst comedy beginnings of any series I've ever seen in my fucking life. It's really weird. Um, Why was the beginning like, so bad? So, basically, the end of the previous series, which ended literally a week before this one began, and, like, in-universe is takes place, like, days before the this one, half of the cast had, like, half the cast instantly died in, like, basically one of the most tragic events in any anime to that point. Like, you just saw, like, characters that you had fallen in love with just, like, get murdered in front of you, and, like, other people were, like, mind-wiped, and, like, other people, like, were ripped apart psychically and shit like that, and then they're just like, oh, okay, comedy! Um, well. <laughs> this had to do with, apparently, um, surveys showed that, like, everyone was really tired of how dark anime had gotten in the, it was either the winter of 85 or the winter of 86, and they were just like, fuck, we need a happy series that still deals with the politics of anti-imperialism. Um, how about the first 10 episodes are a joke? And so, basically, the surviving members of the crew from the previous series, from Zeta, like dock at a space colony and they're like, Oh, we're all fucking war wary. And so this group of like kids, they're not orphans, but their parents don't live on the same space colony as them because they're all poor. So they have to work on other space colonies. Like they're basically migrant workers a la like, you know, Mexico or the Philippines. Um, so the kids are there and they like try to rob them of their Gundams. They try to rob these people who all have PTSD of their Gundams in order to sell them. And then like hijinks ensues and they end up being, effectively adopted by the warship and joining the war. They're, they're like, aha, I'm here to steal your Gundam, and the guy's like, take it. No, he's like, uh, well, there's a guy who's gonna try to murder us and everyone you've ever known, so if you could get in the Gundam, like, I mean, feel free to take it afterwards, just make sure none of us fucking die, basically, is what happens. Lol. Yeah, it, it gets really weird, but it has, like, I'll, I'll talk more about it, because it's definitely my anime of the year, but it's really weird. Um, so other than that, I watched Naruto Kai, um, which I'm not done with, but it's a fan edit of Naruto that takes out literally all the filler, which is, you know, a big deal because filler is a large portion of Naruto, but it does one step better than that. It takes out all the flashbacks that are not in the manga. Like, so Naruto oh. has this problem where, like, literally 20% of Naruto's run are extra flashbacks of flashbacks. <laughs> and so this gets rid of that, too. This shortens the entire thing by half. Like, this series is 50% as long in minutes as the original series. Wow. Yeah. So it's basically just the manga properly done as an anime. And this is it's, just the original series, or is this Shippuden as well? It's the original plus Shippuden. So I'm in okay. Shippuden already. I'm in um, Naruto versus uh, Kakuzu right now. So one of the Akatsuki members. Wait, how did you get to this? Is it fan It's just a or? torrent that you can find online. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I could so get how you that, have, but like... How long is Naruto after all of, all that's said and done? How many episodes is it in total? So they, they basically make it into movies that are 
they basically make movies that are equivalent to each volume of manga instead of trying to make the episodes the way they were in the show. So it's 72 movies that are between an hour and a half to two hours long. Oh, well. Honestly, yeah. that feels more digestible. I know it's 72, but like, <laughs> but that feels so much more digestible because I never wanted to watch Naruto or Shippuden just because... And Bleach. Bleach is the same thing for me. I know Bleach is a classic and One Piece, but I it's so overwhelming <laughs> how many, purely how many episodes and so how much I think those are pretty different through. because I think Bleach actually turns out to just be bad and One Piece turns <laughs> out to be really good. So those are <laughs> different experiences. So if yeah. I had to pick between those three main American favorites, I think they're even favorites in Japan, uh, you would say go with One Piece. The longest one. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't watched One Piece, but I hear from like everyone who's I, seen both One Piece and Naruto that it's the best. Uh, it's the I, better of those two. I disagree with One Piece because halfway through they start doing not 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 filler, but but recap, and and the first five minutes of every episode, and it's really bad because like it, they'll they'll just retell the fir- the last episode's the last five minutes. You can the probably first just find minutes. an ep- a version yeah, that has it cut out like I... this does. Probably. I would say that's just like fucking Toei <laughs> trying to get as much money as I can from milking out the series for as long as it can. And but I think story wise, One Piece is my preferred out of like the big like at the time, the big three from then. Um I think just Overall, the characters are, I think they're a bit better written. Um, I don't know about, like, later in the series, because I think later in the series, it can go either way. There are some characters I feel like are un- that d- haven't had a lot of development versus how they were in the beginning. But I feel like with a cast as large as it is, it's difficult to balance a lot of the, I think a lot of series, especially if they go along forever, they do suffer from too big, too big of casts. Like there's, I feel like at some point authors need to decide we're going to have these supporting characters, but they're literally going to stay supporting no matter how popular they are. Like they are, you're going to only know this much about them and you're going to be happy about it because I have already like nine main characters that I need to like grow and develop and make sure that they have something going on with them, at least every other arc. But that doesn't happen realistically in anime or really in any type of show. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I need to watch One Piece at some point. Um, I would read the manga if I were you in all, in all yeah, honesty. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, like I would, would probably be prefer more to worth do that. Time. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, but because Peter watches, re, re, watches it and is like, yeah, if you want to get into One Piece, read the manga. Don't even bother with the that's anime. That's probably what I would do. Honestly, anything long, I would just rather read the manga. But yeah. go back to Naruto Kai. It's been interesting watching it because, like, I think that the majority of the Naruto fandom has no idea what's good about the show because the good fights have nothing to do with Naruto or Sasuke. There has not been a single good Naruto or Sasuke fight versus things like uh, Sakura versus Sakura and Chio versus, um, God, what's his name? Uh, fucking the puppet guy. Like, way better fight than anything Naruto or Sasuke has done to this point. Rock Lee versus Gara, way better than anything Naruto or Sasuke has done to this point. Did you say Brock Lee? Like, Rock Lee or Gara. Like, oh, gotcha. fucking Shikamaru versus uh, Sh- Sh- uh, Shidan? I, or. 
think that's his name, way better fight than anything Naruto or Sasuke has done. Like, the only... You can only like Naruto or Sasuke if you were a kid when you were watching it, compared to, like, literally anything else that happens in the show. Because, like, there's just these cool, edgy archetypes that actually suck as people, suck as characters, and, like, have terribly, <laughs> terribly choreographed, terribly emotionally dynamic fights. Fair enough. I do really want to check out Naruto eventually. I think it's one of the things that I need to watch to get stuff. So I definitely think it's one of those things I need to watch. I think I'll, I'll do the Kai route, though, that you're doing. Yeah, I... Just to soften what I just said, I do think Naruto is an interesting character, and I think Sasuke is okay by himself. The thing that pisses me off about Sasuke is everyone's reactions to him, which are insane. No one should like him as much as they do. Because he's hot. Yeah, it's like (laughs) in-universe, he just gets so little backlash for everything that he's done. Compared to, like, other characters that are like him, I don't know, like, the closest, I think, especially during the time that both were popular, Zuko. Zuko in-universe, he got so much shit from everyone because he was legitimately making bad decisions, and he was able to redeem himself. Mm Mm-hmm. I think there's less pushback in Japan for being a hot wife abuser than there is in the States. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, bam, that's why Sasuke is more unrepentant about shit than Zuko had to be. Yeah. And also, especially, sorry, especially, like, in media, because in reality, Hollywood loves abusers, but in TV, they want to condemn abusers, so that's why... Sasuke isn't as like that's why you don't see it as much in like American TV. They're usually as bad guys. In anime, it's like what they call it's gray. You know, it's 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 deeper than that. They were abused. They were hurt. So that's why they hurt other people. Blah blah blah. It's so. kind of funny that whole archetype from like like Sundares and stuff like that in in oh, Japanese yeah. media. It's really <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I I always wonder about. Sundares and like yandere's and I think with Sundares it's almost as if the passive aggressiveness is like you can't culturally I think a lot of the time being so direct with how you feel those emotions like it kind of goes in the same line of confrontation and conflict is it just too overt that it it is more it would become rude (laughs) I think there's some of that I'd I'd I think it's a po- like it's an interpersonal politics of like repression and I'd be very curious to get more into hear me out Irish popular media for like the past 200 years and see how that plays out in the archetypes of women and men there because that's also another incredibly repressed society except mm-hmm. that oftentimes the release valve there is seen as alcohol rather than like these like odd personality traits so I'd be very curious to see Do I hear what... an IRA cast coming up? <laughs> Okay, we, we can I'm just talking watch Dairy like, Girls. <laughs> yeah, this would be this would be like old school pre IRA, like you know, like during the uh, earlier colonial period stuff like that. So like the it 1800s, would be, yeah, 1700s, dude. We'd oh. be reading the weirdest shit, but like let's never do this. But uh, I'd be very <laughs> curious to hear from a scholar of like Irish literature to well Irish literature in English. Um, to hear about, like, how this sort of affected the popular psychology of, like, relationship dynamics, etc. Fair enough. 
not that Ireland and Japan are otherwise that comparable, but the idea of like a repressive society, emotionally repressive society would be interesting. Irish Sundarese, um, that's interesting. Yeah, Irish Sundarese. That's someone's fetish. Anyways, um, another thing I watched was Shars Counterattack, which is the sort of crowning finale of the original Gundam Tetralogy. Um, it's very weird because this and Z Double Zeta Gundam were released, were written around the same time. They were released with Double Zeta before Shars Counterattack. They have almost exact opposite messages and they were written by the same guy. And it's really weird because Shars Counterattack is on the surface incredibly hopeful about the human race's ability to change and grow. But if you actually look at it and what the guy intended, he just did that so that people who paid $30 to see the movie in 1989 were happy. But if you actually look at the message, he's saying like, oh, humanity's faith in its ability to change and grow is actually what's going to cause him to have a series of endless wars and endless suffering. And that really the best thing that could have possibly happened at the end of that movie would have been if Earth would have been rendered completely uninhabitable by nuclear winter. Meanwhile, Double Zeta Gundam looks very sort of cynical because the main character at the end of it is like i'm gonna fly off to jupiter because fuck earth this conflict sucks i don't want to have any part of it but it's actually more hopeful because he's the only one who has hope for the future and goes to jupiter to start a new life and hope that like the world will change because of it so these two pieces of things have completely different solutions with similar base politics it's very weird Yeah, so uh, Double Zeta Gundam, my uh, anime of the year, um, both for its very interesting political takes. Um, it also has like an entire section about anti-imperialism in Africa, where an anti-imperial force allies themselves with effectively neo-neo-neo-Nazis in order to push <laughs> the Global Earth Federation out of Africa. But like they know that it's a politically fraught alliance, and the African forces end up dividing and sort of having a coup about their own ideas about like what they want from it. And like one of the guys who used to be the biggest believer sort of like falls out in it and ends up getting killed. And it's like an incredibly like nuanced take on African politics from Japanese anime from the eighties, which blew my fucking mind. So watch double Zeta Gundam. If you've seen the other two, what about if you haven't? Um, I wouldn't yet because like, I, as I said, it literally takes place a couple days after the end of Zeta Gundam and the end of Zeta Gundam is the most consequential shit on the planet. Cause it basically sets up both double Zeta and Shars counterattack based on how tragic the ending of it is. Fair enough. So who, who hasn't talked about anime yet? Oh, uh, I haven't. So do it. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, it's kind of like what most people have been watching in this the what people mentioned already so Dora to my next life as a villainous um Haikyuu also for me my hero academia um some not released in 2020 but 2019 um Wotakai um office romance life is hard as an otaku which is like an office romance anime um the Great Pretender on Netflix. Also, Wait, was that, those was are so good. Both of those were so. Otokoi is one of my favorites. Otokoi. What's Otokoi? Is that Jose or, Otokoi? Or what is it? It's a Jose anime about a guy who's an otaku, but he's really cool and kind of stoic. And then there's a girl 
who works with him, and she is a Fujoshi, uh, nice. but she tries to keep it hidden. And then you have two other, they have friends who are office workers. The older senpai girl, she's a cosplayer, and um, her boyfriend isn't as into anime, but he likes cute anime girls, and his girlfriend, um, the anime senpai girl, she isn't as cute, so she's a little insecure about that, but it's a fun dynamic slice of life. Um like she's not as cute physically, or her behaviors are not like kawaii. It, you know, she's very attractive. Well, she's oh, hot. Okay, so she's like <laughs> she's hot. Yeah, she's like, she's sexy, woman hot, but she's yeah. not cute. Yeah, she's not cutesy. She's not a lolly. <laughs> she's hot. Oh, oh no! And she cosplays like hot guys, if I remember. Yeah, so. <laughs> and he still gets jealous because like people are still after her because like you know she's a hot man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's adorable. Yeah. And plus, the I think one of the best parts of that show is that they're like our age. Currently, mm-hmm. they're twenty five ish, twenty five to yeah, 30s. our age. Yep. Mm-hmm, Joe, yeah, oh. you're totally in the twenties still. You're still yeah, twenty five uh, to thirty ish. I mean, like adults. They're not teenagers. They're, no, that's that's fucking cool. I wish that was more common. Yeah, yeah, they're what, not the green. Oh, uh, life is hard as a taku or wotokai, right? Is that or wotokoi? Wotokoi or wotokoi? I can never remember. Um, life is hard as a taku. Um, super cute art style, so pretty. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a hoe for a good art style. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of the animes I listed have really fun styles. Like, um, so Great Pretender is also really good. I need to watch season two. Um, and then what Sarah mentioned already, Jujutsu Kaisen. I am up to date. That is, I won't even say it right now. I think that's my top 2020 anime right now for personal reasons. I fucking love it. I haven't been as excited for an anime, including like occurring animes like Boku no and stuff. This one is like, I don't know. I'm really into it. It has great characters. Um, it's a trio, which is typical. It, the mangaka is influenced by Evangelion, Yohakusho, Hunter Hunter, Naruto. Art styles. Guess are I gotta also, read. Yeah, the art styles are also influenced by um, those creators. And a huge thing, I think this is really relates to our podcast. Um, the Chapter Black saga influences mm. mangaka to um, for Jujutsu Kaisen to make villains who people can empathize empathize with so i empathize with so i think that's really neat um because i could kind of sense it as i was watching the episodes but yeah i love the main characters you get actually get um insight and back story to the the other two characters other than the main guy right away which i think is kind of rare because usually it's only about the main guy and his past and the other characters are kind of supporting but it's pretty balanced and there's uh yeah it's really fun so i think it's only gonna get better and the animation is sleek as hell so yeah that's dope I had no idea about Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, uh, Tasha Black, you know, mm-hmm. like how they're like, you're not related, but more like inspired. Yeah, you can, to- you can totally see it and you'll see it more as the 
season go if like i think episode 12 just came out and like yeah you really see it like with the latest episode that just came out i totally saw the comparison the influence Mm -hmm. i think that's one to reckon with i think that one's gonna be like real popular once it gets like you know has a full season or Mm -hmm. door (laughs) but i guys i'm so sorry i have to head out um i yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta go. No, it's all good. Uh, don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. Um, yeah, but it was great talking to you all, and uh, I'll listen. I'll listen to our own podcast so I know what happens to your lives in '98 <laughs> and uh, 2011, <laughs> and uh, what's the other year? Uh, but yeah, uh, I'll see you guys another another time. Thanks. Sorry about that. Yeah. Well. See you. Christmas and oh, happy yeah. New Year. Merry yep. Christmas. Happy, happy New Hanukkah. Year. Oh, yeah. Happy 2021. Happy, happy New Year. Holidays. <laughs> yeah, let's hope 2021 doesn't suck. Happy yeah, holidays. I mean, <laughs> let's just hope. <laughs> she celebrates Toyotathon, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Come on in. What can I get you? Sure, I've heard of Hair of the Dogcast. They're that podcast about video games and beer. From the latest gaming headlines to diving deep into the games of yesterday to sampling and reviewing craft beer from all over the world, Hair of the Dogcast is here for the gamer and beer lover in all of us. Available weekly on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Hi, we're Ellen, Stephen, and Mark, hosts of Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. Topics include programming, design, tools, and more. We also do interviews and one-hour game jams. Listen to Nice Games Club wherever you get to your wherever you get to your podcast you get there <laughs> or at nicegames.club hey welcome back uh what games have each of you guys played this year and uh off the top of your head what's your game of the year if you haven't played anything much don't worry just tell us a little bit about like what you played but uh patrick i see you got a fuck ton here do you want to just talk about it real quick sure all right well uh i guess not in any particular order i played a deep fear which is a resident evil i guess ripoff quote-unquote by sega that somehow is that the one where the commercial was sagata sanchiro throwing zombies and them getting back up uh no that was house of the dead really oh, okay i thought it was deep fear i i, I trust you because you're the sega saturn expert i'm just surprised yeah, I, could, I could be wrong but but yeah uh yeah but deep fear basically it's it's basically basically resident evil one except underwater and the voice acting is somehow worse than the than resident evil one. Oh, is it english yeah, it's the same concept of the the English dub in Japanese. Oh, there's this man. guy that literally that literally talks like this the entire time, like that's his actual voice. It's Amazing. fucking crazy that that got. Into, but yeah, it's horrible voice acting. The game's kind of clunky. I I liked it overall, but like, damn, voice acting is horrible. Uh, played Cubivore uh, on GameCube as well. That one's pretty fun. You're like this little cube, this cube creature, and you evolve by eating other cubes. I wanted to get it years ago for GameCube, but I could never found, find it. Was it uh, only released on GameCube? Yeah. That's amazing. It's by Atlas, and uh, right now, if you want to buy it, it's about $350. Jesus. Wait, so yeah. how, how? what type of game is it? Because with the name, I always assumed it was a puzzle game, but I guess not. It's kind of like, uh, I guess the vibe I can get from it is like so Pikmin, or Pikmin like mixed with a Spore, almost. Oh, that's kind of cool. That sounds appealing. Yeah, it's kind of neat. It's like a little survivalist thing. You eat creatures and evolve. It's kind of cool. It kind of made me want to play Tokyo Jungle. I never played that one. I have to get that. I've heard very good things. 
but so, yeah. only in the Japanese press, much less in the U.S. press. Yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll give that game a try, though. But yeah, I recommend Cube War. I uh, played Resident Evil 3, uh, the, the remake, um, was super disappointed. It kind of was really a letdown compared to the original Resident Evil 3, but to be fair, I was never a big fan of 3 to begin with. It kind of, and compared to the, the 2 remake, it was super linear. Like, it felt like, it felt more like a, oh, hey, this is where you gotta go, and there's no, there's no, oh, you might actually run to, into Nemesis. It's like, he'll come at you because it's like scripted. There's no, like, uh, you'll run into him by mistake. Back in the day, Which, didn't people like 3 for, like, just, like, it was bigger, better type thing, but, like, all its retrospective, like, legacy was people liked 2 much more? And yeah. does this just kind of continue that, basically? Um, not really. It, it even has a different vibe, because 3, you can also you can also run to Nemesis for, like, randomized, or there's some, it's more scripted, though, but a little bit more scripted, but it's not as bad as Resident Evil 3. Three, the remake, because the remake seems like okay. Here's this linear path you take compared to the to Resident Evil Two, where it's like, oh, you can do this this the way, this way, or get this item that way. It's more linear, linear based, and like you're going on a specific path to do things. So uh, it was still decent. I enjoyed playing it, but uh, definitely a lot worse than Resident Evil Two remake for sure. And then I played The Last of Us One and Two. Really good. Go play that. It's not much I have to say about that. I'm not really the biggest zombie, like, like zombie, like, or like a southern zombie fan, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Southern zombie survival. What but do we think good. about the discourse around it? Uh, I think, um, I think some of it was, some, some of them had valid complaints, especially about the working conditions at, uh, at, at Naughty Dog and some of the issues that come up with that. Um, I can understand people not liking the story as much, which is a fair criticism. Maybe people didn't like the direction that, uh, that the, this, the different story elements where they keep switching between two people. And it was kind of jarring at first and kind of like, oh, that's kind of weird place to stop at and playing this full on cutscene. So I guess I, I can see the discourse. Uh, the full, the whole, oh, woman bad, woman no good, game bad, game suck because woman is like fucking stupid. Yeah, like it's been annoying seeing people detract from the legitimate criticisms by just, like, saying, like, oh, you must be one of those sexists. Like, when there have been interviews where the guy who directed it has basically come out and said, like, oh, yeah, uh, this is based on my experience growing up in Israel and how we treated Palestinian people, and uh, they're the bad guys. And then it's just like, wait, so the game's politics are anti-Palestinian and people are freaking out about, like, are people are defending you based on like the sexism thing? It's just like ah, this is so complicated. Yeah, like, like I mean, I, I hate I hate the, the side that are like, oh, it's a SJW bullshit, and the woman, why is woman, why does woman have muscles and strong? And yeah, it, and like, and that criticism really pisses me off because it's like, it's like, like I I talked with a friend of mine, and he thinks that because I criticize it, I'm or like I I I'm agreeing with some of the people. Yeah. That say this is like no, I legit have criticism with it, and it's just you know not my type of game, and there's a lot of issues with it. So it annoys me that like p when people talk about polarization, they're often saying like, oh yeah, the issue with polarization is like people are having like extreme viewpoints, and like that there's only two sides of like a coin or whatever. Yeah. It's just like no, the issue with polarization is that you're flattening the actual discourse where there are legitimate, completely different complaints to have, and you're just attributing them to something else. But yeah, no, it's just a it like I mean the games were the overall I guess the game was all right. It wasn't 
awful. I mean, it, it was still beautiful. It's probably the most graphically beautiful game on the PS4 I've seen to date. So there was that. I mean, there's also that one other game, but it didn't really look good on the PS4 that I'll get into a little bit later. Nice. Has any any else? Any of the other guys played Last of Us Two or or One at all? No, I, I mean not. I I was gifted Last of Us One, but those type of games I haven't really built up the confidence or the skills to play yet. Yeah, <laughs> just because I'm still very new at gaming, and a lot of the controls, especially with console, are just my brain and my hands are not hardwired to work. To, to work together in that way yet <laughs> compared to PC. So I haven't played either one yet. I watched playthroughs of it and I like both of the stories. I can, I definitely agree with a lot of the criticisms and especially in two with the constant um, character switches and how jarring that could be. It also overall as a story, it was just hella bleak and I get that was, they weren't going for like a Disney ending but I was sad. I was like, oh. Yeah. I need, the weird, I need the weird to thing is I actually really like the videos. ending of it. It's like, okay, this is how it ends. Fuck you. Game over. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's like you made it this far, but <laughs> it's just going to suck up. for everyone. <laughs> it's it's like the bad ending was the only ending, which I kind of appreciate. So I, I yeah. do appreciate them going, being so bold with it. It's like, okay, you know what? Let's let's roll. Yeah, I can I can dig that. But damn, you get around to it when, when I have like a better get better. I I, I think as games, I want to challenge myself a little bit more. But for right now, I'm just trying to finish one game. <laughs> but Fair what were the other games that you played, Patrick? Um, I played Final Fantasy VII Remake a little bit. I didn't get really far in it because it was on a it was a weird a weird time where a couple other games came out, and I it was when I got COVID. So I played the beginning of it, and I started a quest to save a ca- bunch of cats. And I stopped playing it, so I need to get back. Oh, classic into that. JRPG: save cats, eventually kill God. Exactly. <laughs> um, I also played a. I don't know if you guys heard of the Sakura Wars games. I've heard all. of them. I didn't know what they were about until very recently. So this is a mech thing. Yeah, base. It's it's a dating slim slash slash RTS slash uh, strategy game. If that makes oh, any wait, sense. Oh wait, it's RTS, not tactical. It, uh, this one's kind of no. Sorry, tactical. Technically, yeah. It's a more tactical RPG esque, but it's it's an interesting concept. I played the new one on PS4, and it was it was more sort of like Dynasty Warriors vibe of it, like attacking a bunch of enemies. Actually, it kind of feels more like um, near Automata if you ever played that. Kind I of that haven't, vibe. but like, wait, I thought it was so. When, when you say it feels like that, it, the the gameplay is not at all like that, right? So explain. So so like um, the, it's weird. It's it's very dating slim, sl- dating sim slash a. Uh, role-playing esque like you're playing this basically you play this guy that uh he gets transferred to this uh it's called like a like a a, a theater unit or a theater, a fan a troop essentially you basically uh run a theater but you're also a defender against demons from japan in these giant mech suits so you put on plays you run this theater you sort of manage these actors and you manage the theater itself and the also fuck? by by but like you also could fight demons and defend Japan from all these weird demons and stuff. As you do. Exactly. But it's it's a really an interesting, interesting game, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, I'm not too far into it. I'm still playing it because, like I said, switching between it, but it's a ton of fun. 
And then uh, besides that, I'm playing JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Eyes of Heaven, which is sort of a weird JoJo game. So like so a, it's non-canon, well, right? No, it's not canon, absolutely. But it's a lot okay. of fun. How does it fit in? It doesn't. Basically, basically the, the the vibe is that uh, I can't. I think it was Jotaro or somebody else found this weird this weird teleportation thing, and then they meet up at Giorno and they started storing everybody in uh, Mr. President, and they travel across like these different universes to different JoJo parts, and all of it's like funny interactions. Like young Joseph meets old Joseph. Uh, Jotaro meets uh, meets his daughter. It's kind of weird. Do they? Does okay. I'm trying to think of like what's the weirdest. Does it acknowledge like the George Joestar novel? No. Damn it. It does. Uh, it does though. Um, it does sort of. Uh, it it kind of breaks canon because it's it basically says that uh, that that um, it expands on Joseph Joestar's stand where he can actually read minds. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Because it, interesting. Because uh, I see a lot of people use that logic to say that uh, he had a permit purple since part two, which I thought was kind of an interesting interesting theory. Hmm. But I'll tell that on the JoJo cast. But uh, besides that, a bunch of Guilty Gear games, not self-explanatory, but just a bunch of fighting games. And, uh, of course, the Demon Souls game on PS5 I beat. So I love Demon Souls now. That was a great game. I think that was one of the games I beat besides Resident Evil 3 this year. And then, of course, I've been getting into Dark Souls, and now Joe is, uh, Joe, I'm right with Joe, Dark Souls is amazing, go play it. Yeah. But yeah, and, uh, besides that, uh, I playing the, my biggest disappointment this year, Cyberpunk 2077. PC, or what are you playing it on? PC. Okay, that's, that's good at least. Yeah, I think, I was always, I was, I'm gonna be honest, I was sold on the hype train. I was on the hype train, as Joe probably, probably knows, and I was super excited for it to come out. And I played a little bit, and it's kind of different from my expected. I expected some better combat and weapon RPG tactics, but it kind of felt like Borderlands, except with more a little bit more RPG elements, which isn't bad per se. But I'm not the biggest Borderlands fan. But it seems like a weapons collecting collector collectathon sort of thing mixed with RPG elements and a ton of glitches that make the game kind of funny, but sometimes uh, kind of get me annoyed. Yeah. But yeah, uh, what got you on the hype train? Because I've been trying to figure this out, like what in popular culture got people so on the hype train? Um, I always figured that it was part like the appeal of The Witcher, like just like how much people believed in their like sort of underdog story, CD Projekt Red, combined with just like the fascination with the 80s. But what got you on? Um, basically, when uh, I think it was E3 18, they, uh, I was talking with, with my roommate Peter because he was all hyped up on that since the beginning because he loved CD Projekt Red and Witcher and all that. And I was, I was like, you know what? I'll watch it and see what it's like. And then I just saw this awesome combat of them fight, like them fighting in these vehicles. He jumped, he, one of the guys like, oh, get, on, get out of the, switch sides and get out of the vehicle and start shooting them. And just gets out of the vehicle and starts vehicle combat with a bunch of other guys and hops out and literally drives away and just continues the story. I thought it was just really cool. And it really got me. I was like, holy shit, this is actually looks like a ton of fun. And just that whole futuristic thing, because I'm a big cyberpunk fan in general. So it kind of piqued my interest in a way. But, uh, I mean, overall, it's still a fun game to play. I I don't think it's my game of the year, though. That actually is reserved for Sakura Wars, actually, weirdly enough. 
Do you think it'd so, be worth buying Cyberpunk later down the line? Because I, I was also looking forward to it, but it wasn't on the top of my list. But I, I am still somewhat intrigued. It's just I don't plan on buying a PS5 anytime soon. On the PS, I, I'd have to say that the that the the story itself is a lot of fun. Like I really mm-hmm. enjoy the story of it, and it's a, and like I got into it, and I was hoping one character would be a bottle role, but it kind of went to a different direction I didn't expect. Because it felt like, because the combat straight up feels like Ghost in the Shell, like the like Ghost in the Shell like standalone complex and that whole tactical feel of it, which I kind of like a lot as I love Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. But yeah, the the story was really the story is really really good and really entertaining. So once it's like all the bugs are fixed and it's like thirty bucks, I definitely recommend picking it up for sure. Interesting. But yeah, yeah. But the, that's that's been about it for me. Uh, what about the I guess so. What about you guys? Uh, you you guys want to go first if you have anything, or um, uh, I have literally just two. <laughs> Do it. So, uh, the Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> was my obsession oh, I I that from this year, April huh? oh, yeah, to exactly July, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I kind of fell off. I think I got burnt out, and then recently. I started playing Mass Effect 2 again. Um, Hell yeah. Are you hyped so for the new fun. one? Uh, not, uh, I am. Well, first I need to finish the trilogy. So Fair enough. I am hyped for it, though. And I am hyped for the Legendary. So I can play it on a console <laughs> versus a PC. I mean, I feel like I might be spoiled by the PC just because there's just so many cool mods that... Naked Gears mod's my favorite. Use, um, no mini games. So any of the there is like uh if if you guys haven't like heard or played it, there's like these little puzzles. So it's like match the symbols or match oh, the, the text. I like you're hacking essentially, but it's so it's just a waste of time. And there's a mod where it completely takes that away like i'll do it for you and it also applies to um the mining aspect of mass effect like before in the first game you would physically go and find like the element like the elements that you needed for various upgrades and materials but in two they have probes where you launch probes from your ship on various planets and it you can it takes so much time and so much credits and I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of money like my server's budget isn't that big so the fact <laughs> that I can only that this mod allows me just to use one probe that it would usually take five to get this all these resources is just so convenient so I think that's I... my favorite my favorite mod out of the all that I downloaded and applied Oh, that sounds good. I really wish that if they ever had something like that again in Mass Effect, they would just make it part of the story instead of a fucking complete side thing. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, yeah, you're looking for elements, and then you can, like, dispatch, like, a drone fleet to do things and, like, give them directives, and it's, like, actually fun as opposed to just the dumbest minigame. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many things that I wish that they would get rid of, but I don't know. I, I'm having fun. I 
right? I'm slowly, I'm considering upgrading the difficulty level because I am very much a new gamer. So I was just playing casual and now I'm like, oh, I feel like this is getting a little too easy for me. Maybe I should play on Hell yeah. normal. Oh. <laughs> gonna be gonna be ready for Demon Soul soon. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> in my way up. <laughs> just go ahead straight to like the hardest games ever. But I, I, I feel like it is a little bit satisfying that I feel like my skill level in terms of games is becoming better before I just felt like I was always going in blind and doing not really strategizing and just kind of hoping for the best and letting whatever AI team members I had take care of things. And now I'm like, I'm going to take care of things. So I think Mass Effect Hell 2 yeah. is really the only game of the year for me because that's the one that I'm nice. really liking. Yeah, Good that game was fun. I need to finish that one up. Mass Effect 2 rules. Except for Jacob. Yeah, Jacob yeah, kind of sucks. Poor, poor Jacob. No one likes. <laughs> He's Jacob. just boring. I think all the Mass Effects have that have those characters, like the, like uh, the two characters in the in the first one. Yeah. Oh, Kaiden, you're just so boring. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I could have sent Actually, both of them to die, but you know. Better. Yeah. But if they ever remake the trilogy as like one game, they need to make the special DLC character from 3, a mandatory character. Oh, is that that um, Promethean? Yeah, the... I mean, spoilers. Yeah, it's a Prothean. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen... I've seen the coolest uh, concept ever. Clips of it, because I kind of spoil myself. Um, I was curious. Yeah. No, I just like the idea of, like, that'd be the equivalent of, like, in a game that takes place in, like, fantasy Middle Ages if you, like, went to a grave and resurrected, like, a Roman soldier and had them come around with you. Which would be pretty sick. Sick. Um, as for me, uh, actually, Sarah, are you good? Yeah, that that's, I literally only played, like, two games this year. Cool, cool. I've been Fair doing enough. a lot of other things, but maybe next year I'll probably have more, but for now, those are the only two. Nice. So I played Animal Crossing as well. I It's whatever. I pretty much played it for my ex-girlfriend. I, I don't really enjoy games like that. At that point, I'd rather really just be outside gardening and, like, making things. Like, I, <laughs> I don't like chill games of that sort. Not because I don't think that they have a place, but because for me, it's just, like, I'd rather just do it. Meanwhile, it I'd rather... that had that uh, torture fair. bed in the middle of the house? I think that was Samir. Gotcha. Um, meanwhile, I don't want to go outside and try throwing fireballs at people or anything like that because I don't think I have that ability. Um, so I played Dragon Quest Eleven, which uh, most recent Dragon Quest game. I played Eleven S, which uh, for the Switch. So I guess that came out last year, but like the original game came out in like 2017. Really liking it. Um, stayed up way too late, multiple days playing it. Uh, been playing Overwatch again. Um, I bought it a long time before the HK protests and stuff. And so I'm not really contributing any money to it. I have a hard time. I'm still, I need to look into what other large multinational gaming corporations have taken similar stances regarding Hong Kong, because I think overwatch only got a lot of bad press because of specific incidences. While I think if you actually look at other companies that are doing similar things and like, then it just becomes a question of like, what is ethical consumption under capitalism? But we'll leave that to someone else who has more research and stakes in this matter. I think that's just an oxymoron. Yeah, I mean, the, the the common phrase is there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, but I'd rather still not be egregiously harmful. So the question then becomes like, where's the line drawn? And I'll have to look into that in my own time. 
Um, I also played Into the Breach, which uh, this would have been my game of the year had I not played uh, Dragon Quest XI-S. Um, it is a roguelike tactics game that functions kind of like a puzzle game because the interactions are so short. It's so fucking good. If you guys ever get a chance, just imagine like roguelike chess with like elements of territory control, movement, uh, crowd control, and um, status over time, etc. It's so good. I, I advocate everyone who likes any of those genres uh, play it. Did um, you try? You gonna try it, Hades? Uh, no, I, I mean, not right, not anytime soon. Um, I've heard very good things. I just don't really care to play it. Um, really, because it's not. I don't know. It's it doesn't seem like something that would be immediately for me. Like, there's a chance I could like it. There's a high chance I could like it. I, there's just other things I'd rather play in the meantime. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I also played uh Bloodstained, uh, finally, which uh Bloodstained um. Uh, Ritual, Ritual of the, of the Night, Night, which is the absolute worst name for anything, because it just sounds like... It's supposed to be play on Symphony of the Night. I, I know, but it just, like, I just feel that whoever made that title doesn't know English maybe as well as they should, because, like, that very much just comes off as some weird shit. Hey, guess what? <laughs> Igarashi made yeah. both. Yeah, but anyways, um, good game... Return to sort of like classic uh, Metroidvania style Castlevania. I like it. Um, I really don't like the 3D art style compared to the old 2D ones. I get why they did it just because that's where the industry is now, but it's just not as much my thing. The gameplay is pretty good, but I definitely think I liked... The problem is my favorite of those games is... um, My favorite of the like 2D Metroidvanias is either Aria of Sorrow or, um, God, what what the, what the fuck am I thinking of? The one that was uh, the last one. What was the last one? Order of Ecclesia. Those two. And those two are generally considered the hardest ones, and the ones were like, your hits matter more and enemy hits matter more, and you're not just doing a ton of hits. It's like, oh yeah, each individual hit will just like be a huge risk-reward. And I think those were the best ones, and no one makes, no one's trying to make Metroidvania sort of in that uh, mold anymore because, like, Order of Ecclesia sold one of the worst because people were just tired of Metroidvanias at the time, which is ironic because if it had come out now, it'd be like one of the best selling games of all time, just because like yeah. that's what people hunger for now. Yeah, it bums me out because I'm with you. I love. I didn't. I was kind of bummed out with the 3D art style of uh, of Bloodstained. But I love the 2D animation of of, of Symphony of the Night. Like I, that must be my most played game. I beat that must like four or five times. It's so good. Funny story. Symphony of the Night is the only 2D Metroidvania Castlevania I've never played, which Oof. is mind blowing. But I'll I'll just get it on fucking that. Android and play it on on my phone, like with controllers. Yeah, you should fix that immediately. Yeah, I really should because it's. I mean, it's the granddaddy and obviously influenced all the ones that I like. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny that in the Saturn scene, they actually released a English translation patch for the Saturn version of it. Nice. And I know that has some extra rooms and shit, right? Yeah, it's mostly just like text and items. I have a stream of it I'll put on the on the Facebook page. Another shameless plug. Nice. Uh, in addition to that, I also played Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2, which would have definitely been a better contender for my game of the year if I had played it multiplayer, but at the time, my then-girlfriend was not really down to play through it because it was very difficult and she was getting frustrated, and because it was quarantine, I couldn't get other people to play with me because it's not available online to play. 
So the game you can play through it single player, but it's pretty clearly designed to be played multiplayer because otherwise it's insanely cheap given the Which way games? that you can get like, huh? Which game? Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Oh, oh, okay. Can you play it online? No, you cannot. Oh, I was going to say, I'd be down to play that because I've yeah. been meaning to play it, but I I was never a big fan of the NES style of games. So it's really fucking good. Like, it's basically like, so the first one, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, is what if you took original Castlevania and it played the way you remember it playing as opposed to the way it actually played? Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 is like, holy shit, what if you took how you remembered it playing and made it way better even? So it's it's really good. I, I prefer the first one simply because I didn't have the multiplayer aspect for two, but I can see where if I had a second player with it, it'd be fucking phenomenal because you can do all sorts of cool team attacks. Like you can jump on top of each other's shoulders and do like all sorts of like jump attacks and shit. Nice. Let me know next time when quarantine's over. I'll hop, hop over and we'll yeah, play Yeah, next some. time quarantine's over, I'm down. Um, I also played Halo, the, the Master Chief Collection or whatever. I played, um, I started playing through Halo 3 Weird thing, that game's online servers for competitive, very stable, very good. The online servers for co-op, incredibly bad, super unstable, made it so that I couldn't play through it with my friends, so we stopped. And then we tried playing multiplayer for a while, and then I realized that, like, oh yeah, playing multiplayer if you're not doing mouse and keyboard, you're just going to get slaughtered. And then playing Halo with mouse and keyboard isn't as fun because it was very clearly designed around the radial speed of, like, controllers. Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way with, with multiplayer. It's like, oh, I'm going to do online co-op. And it's like, when a person's lagging mega badly, it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're not going to do that. Or they'll just lag yeah. the game out completely. Yeah, so I have a feeling I know why that is. Because, like, we were getting issues where depending on who the first person to host was, you would get different load speeds. So our theory is that it's doing a combination, like, uh, it's doing a combination, like, dedicated server but also like peer-to-peer model where it's just like hey it's running on one person's system who all their stuff is piped up to the dedicated server and then piped down to everyone else so it's the worst of both worlds like you get terrible lag and if that person has bad like memory issues or bad cache performance you're fucked which is like i I haven't confirmed this but just like our the fact that like we got worse results depending on whose system we like was hosting blew my mind yeah it's pretty unstable it kind of bummed me out a lot and multiplayer is pretty fun though i like arguing with people that like ask oh you guys xbox one or pc and i just troll them the entire time oh okay that's way better than the old arguments that i used to have in halo lobbies where people were just like calling me the (laughs) n-word yeah i mean there's still that but it's too lesser it's not as much i think it's 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 they're slightly less woke, slightly more woke. Yeah, they're like, hey, are you an African American? It's like, wait, what are you what are you doing right now? Yeah, mega awkward. Yeah. Um. But anyways, if I had to pick a game of the year, I was originally gonna say Into the Breach because like I've been playing through Dragon Quest Eleven and I like it a lot. Like I really like it a lot, but I don't like it as much as say Dragon Quest Five, which is my favorite in the series. So I was like, that means it's not you know my game of the year. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, I have spent so many nights up till six a.m. While it is not as good as Dragon Quest Five, it is definitely my game of the year. And to say anything else would be dumb. And just because it's not the best thing ever doesn't mean it's not the best thing in the year. That's where I'm That's at. Fair enough. Hannah, you. Uh, I'm not a gamer, but I did play Animal Crossing, like I feel like everyone else did in the beginning of the year. It was the game of quarantine. 
Yeah, it really was. And I, when we were I all did, baking bread. Yeah, I did get burnt out same time around Sarah, like around summer. I just, I was like, well, I spent too much time trying to make an aesthetic built like island and I just got stressed out and like I just needed a break from it. Um, I haven't really played anything else. Um, I'm more of a, what, as like some people call it, a backseat gamer where I watch people play. <laughs> you including... shout you your husband, no, don't go that way, go this way. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, that includes, so I watched him play a lot of video games. The one that I really liked was Ghost of Tsushima. So um, that one was really fun for him to watch him play. And I really digged the storyline. Um, so, uh, I don't think I really watched much else with him. I probably watched, I watched him play Doom. I watched him play Spider-Man. I watched him play some random ones. Uh, Sekiro, right? I think. Oh, Sekiro. Sekiro. So, but I think Ghost of Tsushima probably from a plot standpoint and from an animation standpoint, I really enjoyed so I can't rank it because I'm not a gamer. I didn't play it myself. But you're not I, an epic gamer. Yeah, I'm not. I think I will. That's my 2021 goal is to start playing games. So you should I'm start gonna... with the. Uh, you should start with uh, Dark Souls. That's probably the beginner's friend, <laughs> beginner's friendly game of all time, uh, right, Joe? Yeah, I heard. Every time oh, you okay. mess up, it gets harder. <laughs> No, no, okay, that's one that's not true. It it stays the same. Uh, like, there are a lot of myths around Dark Souls. It's actually, like, it's designed mm-hmm. with co-op in mind, but there's a culture around it where people are like, you have to do it solo. If you do it co-op, it's, like, a fairly medium difficulty game. And, like, that was how it was intended, was to be done co-op. But, like, because of the macho culture around it, everyone thinks you're supposed to play solo. Mm. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Joe's calling me out specifically. No, 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 no. Like, I understand, like, I understand you doing it. It's more advocating that other people do it solo. Oh, yeah, no. People play as much as they want. I just want to do it because I like the challenge. Yeah, that's fine. It's just, like, don't be exclusionary, and I don't think you are. I think you're fully accepting of other people doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, like you just, it's like you I just see me about. make a big hate, hatred-filled post. It's like yeah, casual swoon and dark souls. No, but I wouldn't yes. do that. Play the game how you want. Like I glitch the hell out of Dark Souls. If if it's in the game that that works, I do it. I don't care. Yeah, Dark Souls is one of the few games where I'm just like, you know what? I don't care that I'm like standing in a place where the enemy can't hit me. This is the only way I'm gonna beat this. It's it's like it's like if it's in the game, it counts. I, I have the speedrunners mentality where there's no cheap moves. If they put it in the game to exploit, then that's their own damn fault. Yeah, because they put in some stuff that's like absolutely insane and like hints that you should be fucking with them. But yeah, no, there's definitely, yeah, definitely hopping. There's a lot of really great games out there, especially ones that are just like, just, I guess just fun, relaxing one. Like, uh, the one I want to play is Calico looks pretty good. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm going to play the Zelda game, like the, not the newest one, but, uh. The Breath uh, of the Wild? Yeah. Cause I've had it for oh, a Breath while. Breath of the Wild rules. Uh, my husband just finished it. And so. He said I would really enjoy it, so I think I'll probably wa- play that. I did try to replay Kingdom Hearts 1, because I played it when I was a kid. I didn't finish it for some reason as a kid. 
I think because I had a limited access to the PlayStation too. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought I thought you were gonna say I didn't finish it as a kid, and now I know why. Oh, well, now I know why. <laughs> it's because you just, have limited access to it. Yeah, but it's it's very clunky. Um, yep. So especially playing it on like uh, several gen consoles <laughs> ahead, and it's still very clunky. So, but um, I'll probably get back into it. If not, I'm gonna straight uh, play kingdom hearts 2 again so later this year so i don't know just one is too clunky and watching the sequence like all the um like the cutscenes or the acting oh my god (laughs) yeah you watch you watch the boys right right hannah i haven't watched the boys oh boys i i guess uh it's kind of funny one of the 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 person that voices sora is actually the kid from the sixth sense yeah. And he's also in The Boys. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Yeah. There's another show heartless. I watched. There's another show I watched with him as a villain. And he hands it up. He plays a good villain. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Nice. Okay, with that in mind, I think that's the, the game. So we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, we wanted to do like a little like, hey, where were we when each version of Hunter x Hunter came out? And how would we have reacted had we gotten access to it at the time? So, like, uh, I guess, where were you guys in 1998, and how would the Hunter x Hunter manga have hit you guys if you had encountered it then? Dead. You were dead? Nice. Yeah, I died in 1998. Damn. R.I.P. <laughs> Podcasting with a ghost? Yep. I'm when we said the Spirit Hunters, we found him. Yeah, we, they, they, that's why the Spirit Hunters, they, they, it's like a, I'm trying to think, it's, it's like a big bad Beetleborgs, except I'm not, I'm not blue. It took me a second to understand what you meant. I totally <laughs> forgot that the fucking plot of Big Bad Beetleborgs is them going to a haunted house and getting Japanese toku, like tokusatsu powers from the Universal Monsters. Yeah. We're anyways. <laughs> uh, since being dead, I was in the first ga- grade, and I probably would have liked it a lot. First grade, I was in the first grade, and I and I probably would have liked it a lot. I was at the point where I learned how to read heavily, mostly due to Ocarina of Time. Uh, why does it say I was at an 86, 86 yeah, I was gonna ask grade you about level? that. I assume that it's supposed to say eighth. Yeah, eighth grade level. Yeah, I, I guess I must have a fat finger that one, but yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's kind of funny. I had no interest to read, but then I started playing Ocarina of Time and couldn't read anything. So I learned. I like powered myself to learn to read, and it got to a point where I was reading the entire game. I was at like an eighth grade level, like getting like whole novels. It's kind of weird. That hey. dropped off fast. That and uh, the the Pokemon comic, uh, that and the Pokemon comic uh, motivated me as well. So that kind of, uh, so I probably would have enjoyed it because I liked those the the manga style, even though I didn't know it was manga. So I think I would have liked it a lot, especially the that whimsical adventure as a kid, because I was a big fan when uh when the shown. I don't know if you guys remember when the U.S. Shonen Jump started appearing in the U.S. That was way later. I, I guess it's, it was only like four years, right? Yeah, but when you're a kid, four years is a long time. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I guess just in that vein, I'd still enjoy it, and I enjoyed it then. So I think if it came out like, say, if Shonen Jump started appearing in the U.S. and it had Hunter in, I think I would have really enjoyed it. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, where's where's that? Yeah. I guess it didn't get weird and creepy until later, so I can totally understand that. I mean, I probably would still enjoy it. I I got really edgy, edgy in junior high, reading like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and stuff like that. Oh, I meant if it had come out when you were in first grade and it got weird and edgy at that point, you might have been like, hmm. 
Maybe. I probably wouldn't still enjoy it. I really enjoy Dragon Ball Z, so... And that one gets cool. kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I probably would enjoy it. What about you, Joe? Uh, I was finishing third grade or starting fourth grade, depending on... I forget what month this came out. But I had recently gotten a Game Boy, and it was the only uh, video game thing I was allowed to have. And I was only allowed to play in the car. So uh, my first RPG for Game Boy that year was Final Fantasy Legend 2. And um, I think... So honestly, a big part of how I learned to read was because I wasn't allowed to have video games as a little kid. My parents would let me get a video game magazine, Nintendo Power, and so I read a lot of Nintendo Power as a kid. Oh, same here, dude. Weird. Well, yeah, but I'm saying without being able to play video games. Oh, yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, my parents were weird. Um, So I might have seen Pokemon in late 1998, but had uh, seen a rerun of the first Dragon Ball localization when I woke up absurdly early in 96 or 97 because it, it showed... Um, the original run was in 95, like the first Dragon Ball localization. Are you talking about like Harmony Gold's dub? Uh, yeah, and it was shown briefly. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, and like they had it on reruns the next couple of years, so I remember like waking up and seeing Piccolo fighting Goku, um, and that was like the only exposure I really had to Dragon Ball until later, so I would have at least had some idea of what it was. Um, and I think I would have liked everything up to Heaven's Arena, but then I would have gotten freaked out. But I don't think Heaven's Arena happened in 98, so that's that's for later. Um, so I started like having weird phobias and like illogical fears at the time. Um, but that's, I guess, a thing for like when we actually get to Heaven's Arena and shit. Didn't How we already get to Heaven's Arena? Uh, in 98, no. Oh, and then 90, wait, wait, 90, wait, Heaven's Arena happens after 90, later 98? Uh, yeah, because, uh, well, no, it doesn't happen later than 98. It just happens that, like, the manga hadn't gotten to that point yet. Because, like, remember, they have the whole Hunter exam. Oh, okay, I'm confused. So, wait, are you saying, so, can you explain oh, the again? actual release of the manga wasn't, of uh, Heaven's Arena wasn't until later. 99, yeah. 99. Oh, okay. But okay. in terms of podcasts, confused. we already, we are all past Heaven's Arena. Oh, yes, yes. okay. I thought you meant what we covered. I was like, wait, what? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, sorry. I was a bit confused there. My bad. <laughs> Hannah, Sarah, how about you guys? Uh, Well, Hannah and I were together. Oh, yeah, you're the same age. Exactly the same <laughs> we <were> age. <laughs> what, first grade or huh, second what a, grade? What a weird coincidence. No, we were, okay, 1998. We were six years old. We may have been even in kindergarten because we were held back in preschool. So, uh. <laughs> Because third grade was 2001, mm-hmm. so two, three years, yeah. No, that's yeah. about right, because we, we I was in, in kin- third grade. No, no, I was in two, fourth grade, sorry. Yeah, so you guys would have been in kindergarten, probably. Yeah, we were held back slightly, because we're late, or like, because with the cutoff for um, California, where we were from, where we're from is October, so yeah, so we're technically held back. Um, um <laughs> I, I I think our mom was like I think she was worried that we were too physically small to be wow. with the is, is it ter- isn't the term like red shirting or something? Is it? I think so. When you're holding him back, are you holding him back because of the start date or whatever. I don't know if it's red shirting or something else. I know what you're talking about, but the reason I'm hesitant about red shirting is because it just sounds like a Star Trek term. Yeah, oh, no, there, there actually is a comic for me when I hear that. I think like it's. A, a mob character that will die off easily. <laughs> yeah, no, because there's a there's this comic I read. It's called it's called it's Litterbox Comics, and mm-hmm. they did a, a joke on that where it's like uh, it's it's like it's like you in a red shirt, your son, and she was terrified. It's like it's like 
what do you think it meant? And it just shows like a little thought bubble and it's like the, her son dying in Star Trek. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I'll post the comic on the on the thing. It's really cute. Check it out. Really cute comics. I really like those comics. Yeah. So I don't I don't know in kindergarten what I liked. I think I just remember watching Disney Channel in Zoom. Um, but I, I maybe I would have liked it. I mean, I remember one time our dad accidentally brought us let us watch Princess Mononoke when we were around that age. And when it came, oh jeez! As soon as it, yeah, like five minutes in, Ashitaka, what's his name, loses his arm. Her <laughs> being like, oh whoa, oh, yeah. that, I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, I could, <laughs> did you guys end up watching the entire thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah, it gets really bad towards the end. That goat man's face is just stuck in your memory. Oof. Yeah. I remember I was scared of it, but I also was very fascinated by it. But then again, a lot of things as a kid, I kind of would cover my face out. Like if it was scary or I think mostly if I could feel secondhand embarrassment from the characters. Like I like I feel like I, I most of the time I was like, oh, they're they must be so embarrassed. So I, like, I would hide my eyes. So a lot of times when I was watching Spongebob, I just would cover my eyes a lot because I would be like, oh, he's so cringy. I can't Every watch Every time you this. see Squidward on screen? Yeah. Lil. Nice. Uh, what were you guys up to in 99 and how would Hunter Hunter 99 have hit you? It would have hit you guys. Patrick, you first? Gotcha. Alright, where's my thing at? Um... Yeah, again, like I said, I was super invested into gaming and anime at the time, particularly Dragon Ball, Dreamcast, and Sailor Moon. When what, and I would have loved to watch it if it's on syndicated TV, like if it's in like a block. I think I would have watched the hell out of it. And I, like I said, I, like I said, I, I really liked that that actiony stuff and and more shonen anime back then. So I think I would have really enjoyed it. Nice. What about you, Joe? Yeah, so the year between 98 and 99 was, like, huge in terms of, like, change in how I, like, looked at that stuff because my cousins moved to the U.S. from the Philippines and basically, like, watched a ton of anime back in Asia. And so, like, whenever we'd go visit them in New Jersey, we would always go to, like, import shops and, like, rental stores and, like, rent anime and just, like, watch a ton of shit. And, like, not only that, but, like, some kids moved into my neighborhood back in Ohio who were watching the new U.S. dub of Dragon Ball Z and so, like, basically, anime came into my life when I was around 10. And yeah. uh, so I would have loved uh, Hunter x Hunter 99 because, like, I would have just gobbled that shit up. Yeah, actually, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because I remember going to video stores and seeing, like, I think Ghost in the Shell, it was, when it was like, when she's half naked and wrapped in, like, a bunch of wires and shit. I remember seeing that when I was, like, a kid and looking. I was like, oh, what is this? And I, I always remember, I always, I always have that vivid memory of that. It's just really weird. I never got to rent it, though, probably because it looked like a porno, so my parents yeah. wouldn't let me watch it. Hannah, Sarah? Um, I think so. I feel like um, I I think that's when, like, Pokemon Comet came out, and I think that's when I, we started getting, like, exposed to more, like, anime, but it was really cartoons, like we didn't really know the difference. So like Digimon as well. So um, Sailor Moon. So I think if like Hunter Hunter was like, like on 
WB Kids or whatever we were watching. I don't even oh remember. Oh, my God. I'm just imagining Kilua being like, you're watching Kids WB. Yeah. <laughs> uses uses the, the, a bloody heart to make the WB logo. Oh, my God. Yes. I, and the Joker's I, like, even I'm not that fucked up. I think we would have been super into it because I think I was already watching, yeah, like what other than the shows I just mentioned, I was watching like Batman Beyond and stuff like that. I think that came Ooh, out so in 1999. It, it did, it did. That was so, really good. Yeah, I think because that's when we started watching more complex stories and everything. And so I think I would have ate it up, honestly, as like seven-year-old me would have been into it. So yeah, same. Would you guys have loved uh, an episode that was introduced by Lou Bega? <laughs> yeah. <What? laughs> Lou Bega did some intros for the W Kids WB for a while, so it's like one, two, three, four, five, and then he just started rap like saying some random shit Everybody about Everybody like, out there is gonna die when the yeah, Joel it's like, yeah. come to the actually, Hunter exam. I thought that and... was the real version for the longest time. Like the one with the bug with like the Looney Tune characters. Oh, you mean yeah. the Disney characters? <laughs> oh. No, it's Looney Tunes, man, because it was oh, on they, WB. They, oh, because they had a they had a Disney version that played on Dis- Radio oh, Disney all the Disney. time that was with with all I the. I think there's di- all more the than Disney one kids. version. I think he did one where he hosted Kids WB a couple mornings, oh. and then another one where he was like making alternative versions for, uh, freaking uh, Radio Disney. I still think my favorite uh, my favorite version of that's the 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 Bill Clinton mix. I haven't seen that, but I'll take your word. It literally, it's 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 a joke thing. It's basically, it's like a little bit of Monica, 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 Monica. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Was that a YTMND? I don't know. I saw it on YouTube, and it's one of my favorite par- parodies of that song. It's so funny. Damn it. Okay, so skipping way forward in time. What were you doing, slash where were you in 2011, and how would Hunter Hunter 2011 have hit you if, it, you, had, if you had encountered it then? Let's start with Hannah and Sarah this time. Okay, 2011. Super... I guess you would have already seen Yu show by this point, so keep that in yes. mind. Yes, because I think when probably like early 2000s is that's when I started watching, like early 2000, 2001 is when I started watching Yu show, and then we moved to Arizona, and I think maybe a year or two after that, that's when they started showing it again on Adult Swim, and then Hannah and I would like get up secretly for at like 12 a.m or 2 a.m to watch it <laughs> and try to be as quiet as possible so our parents wouldn't wake up <laughs> um but yeah uh 2011 i was a high school senior and and i was i think i just stopped going to anime club because at that point i was like i can't deal with this anymore <laughs> i don't i'm anime club always cringy. i was still very much that... into anime i think i was starting nice. to watch a lot of different stuff kiss anime was my shit because <laughs> that's where pretty much i watched everything um that wasn't i couldn't watch on tv and i think i definitely would have been into it because i if at the time, I, I think I liked a mix of shonen and shoujo, but watching-wise, I definitely would watch more show, shonen stuff, and reading-wise, I would read more shoujo. Uh, so I think it would definitely be one of those things that I would always tune into, especially if it was an adult swim. Because um, I don't mm-hmm. know if Toonami back then was still airing or if it was still in its hiatus. I don't remember. It's, it I don't stopped remember around 2008 and it started back in 2012. 
Interesting. Okay, yeah, so Qu- question. Um, been... What initially prevented you guys from getting into Hunter Hunter, even though we were all, with the exception of Patrick, big Yu Hakusho fans when we were young? I didn't know it existed. I think also because I was such like a Yu Hakusho fan, I, I just, I think the idea of something by the same author, but everyone was lot lauded it as better. I think I just got really petty and bitter about it. I feel and you. I was like, oh, look at this fucking kid. Like, how could it be better than Yusuke? Like, this stupid. I hate this. I don't know. I feel you. <laughs> the little edgelord in me. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, I, with I think with a lot of fans, like, they experience this at one point in their life. They love something so much that they attach so much personal meaning to it, including, like, their own self-worth that anything that is perceived as like a threat in terms of value um i perceived as a threat against myself therefore i was very against the idea of watching hunter hunter for a long time because i was just so offended by the idea that this could be one of togashi's better works versus something i had loved for so long but now i i realize the error i stake Took, we all make mistakes. Took over 10 years, but, you know, I'm here now. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, I think it's similar for me. So, yeah, senior year of high school, eventually freshman year of college. Um, I was, like, watching a lot of anime. I was, like, at that time, I was, like, really showing my influence that of anime that anime had on my art because I was like becoming a fine arts major in college and everything. Um, and I had similar reservations about Hunter Hunter because of like the, you know, similar to what everyone else thought, you know, like people were saying it was like gassing it up to be better than your Hawk show. And as like, since your Hawk show got me into drawing, I was very butthurt about it. And I think. Also, I was just like, I think I might have not been as into anime or I was like watching just different animes, maybe like, I don't even remember. So um, I think it was just one that I just never even thought about. And um, but I think freshman me probably would have really enjoyed it. And maybe I would have probably asked like some other friends in college in my freshman dorm to watch it with me. Going back in time, that actually would have been really fun. So, yeah, kind of eighteen-year-old me kind of missed out on that. Nice. Uh, as for me, um, twenty eleven, a hundred hundred passed me by for a lot of reasons. One of which is definitely the like, yeah, like you have to show so much, and like the beginning of Hunter Hunter is really unappealing to me, and I maintain I really don't like the first saga. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I understand why people like it. It's just very much not for me. And if that was all I had to go on, I would never have gotten into it. Um, but a lot of other stuff happened to me in 2011. Like for instance, I wasn't really watching anime or reading manga because like pretty much everything that came out between like 2006 and 2011, I had like no interest in. There's, I I can't think of like the only thing is like Gurren Lagann and I guess in retrospect Madoka. But other than that, there was nothing else I wanted to watch during that not time. Not even Death it, Note. Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay, so it's, like, those three. Um, Like, really, I don't know what, but, like, something about the trends, I just did not care about any shonen that was released during that time. Um, Oh, 
I take it back. There is one thing that is in my top of all time that released during that time, but I made an exception and did watch it, which was Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. But I kind of don't count it because the manga was from much earlier and they already Loud had one series sound. What's up? Loud groaning sound. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have that out someday. Um, for those who don't know, we're probably gonna appear on a Full Metal Alchemist podcast, me and Patrick, to discuss our very different takes about Brotherhood and how, for me, it's like in my top three anime of all time. And for him, he kind of does not like it very much. I kind of li- I kind of really like to put needles through my eyelids. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! <laughs> Yeah. Um, so compared, they, like, it, it, like overall, or sorry, to off suck. Just in general, both topic? both FMA original, both Brotherhood and the manga. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be a time because originally I was just talking with them. Sorry, Joe, and I then, interrupted you. <laughs> oh yeah, no worries. I was talking with them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we'd love to have you on because like we run a Hunter Hunter podcast because they're thinking about watching Hunter Hunter." And then Patrick was like, "Hey, I'm also running this, and I fucking hate <laughs> I hate FMA." And then they're like, "Oh shit, we'd like to have both of you on, actually." Yeah, because I was I was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't really like it, but I like I'd be interested to have you guys on and hear your perspective on the shows." Because like, I mean, yeah, just because I don't like something doesn't mean it's like you gotta it's you're dumb for not for liking it. It's dumb. Yeah, dumb viewpoint. I just don't like it for. Very personal reasons. Yeah, so it's going to be an interesting discussion. But anyways, back to me in 2011. Um, yeah, 2011 was probably the worst year of my life. I definitely think 2020 is worse for the world as a whole, by far. But uh, 2011, I had just finished college, did not have a job, didn't really have a goal, didn't really want to use my major, hadn't started for nor hadn't started studying for nor applied to grad school. Um, I was in a dead-end and self-destructive relationship. Uh, my closest aunt and my grandmother were terminally ill, and I was drinking my problems away. Um, mm-hmm. 2011 was really bad, guys. Like, really, really bad. Eventually, me and that girl broke up and do not talk anymore. It was a very bad time. Uh, my aunt and my grandmother died, and, like, while I'm very, you know, sad about it, I eventually kind of, like dealt with it and like my aunt was the first person to ever the first older authority figure in my life to really be like you want to make video games fucking make video games like fuck what your parents said about like not doing that and it being a waste of time do it that's what i know you were here to like she was the first person to support me on it and it was like a day before she died hashtag and, power uh, yeah Aww. so i like took that with me and like went to grad school and like kicked ass in grad school in a way i had never done in undergrad and uh i would not have got into hunter hunter because i didn't make any fucking time for anime for another couple of years uh i'm sorry you went through baby. all that sorry you went through all that joe yeah. yeah it was a long time ago and um it was good to shit imagine imagine the thing that's like 10 almost 10 years ago yeah man Can 10 years ago i was like living at home with my parents uh a fucking near alcoholic um trying to break off a terrible relationship and having people I love die. It was, it was real bad. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're doing much better now though. Well, yep. relatively speaking. Thank God. Yes. I mean, 2020 sucks for the world as a whole, but like in comparison for me personally, 2020 is way better. Hey, fair enough. I think we all have that some years like that. Yep. So your turn, man. All right. So I guess I'll, I guess I'll start with a little backstory. I stopped watching anime completely between 2005 and, two th- and 2015 with exclusion with exclusion to Death Note and Detective Conan. 
I was going to say, it literally says Detective Conan in your notes. <laughs> yeah, besides those two, basically, because the way I looked at anime is, I thought it was all cool, but then later on, it's I kind of... A lot of it was a lot of TNA and like sexualization, and I'm not trying. I'm not saying I think that's I was- a big part of why I got out at the same time, dude. Because like, yeah, like, the yeah, and sexual shit. Exactly. I mean, I'm not a prude by any any measure of the word. Absolutely not. But like, I mean, watching all the AMV hells, all these things, it's like, oh, big booby, big booby, the uh, teenage teenage schoolgirls or half naked demon princesses or just a bunch of like really. Uh, like sexualized stuff and it's like i really don't like that because like i'm I'm, i watch it at home it's like i don't want somebody coming in on me watching it's like these girls like moaning on top of somebody else and this gigantic milk or like jesus christ exactly and it's like it's awkward and it's like i didn't want because that's sort of that that yeah and Hmm? i think i was reading out this yesterday sorry the full off topic it's definitely the difference between Western audience taste and the taste of Japanese audiences. Like, I think I was reading this Reddit thread around the, actually the same time of 2011, being like, I'm sick of Western anime fans complaining about fan service in Moe, when it's really the only thing that's keeping the anime industry alive in Japan, because that's what the Japanese fans want. And I was like, oh, I mean, I guess, but... <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, I mean... I mean, I didn't shame anybody for watching it. Just to me, I don't want to. I I had a. I guess I still do. I have a lot of, lot of. Uh, oh, what's that called? Uh, like the the self worth thing. <laughs> wow. Like, <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> I had a lot of self worth. I don't want to shame anyone, but you guys <laughs> fucking die. No, no, no. Sorry, I, I had self worth issues. Is what I meant. Sorry. Oh, oh sorry. Uh... Yeah. So I wasn't. I wasn't shaming anybody. It's like. Personally, I had a lot of self-worth issues and a lot of, like, a lot of things viewing how I view myself. And a lot of people said I come off creepy that, like, I don't know if they were joking being mean, but it was really hurtful. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is I don't, like, I stopped watching anime because I associated that sort of stuff with, oh, a bunch of creepy guys that, like, watching, like, hentai. And it was, like, around the I time, I think you like, made the right choice at the time. Yeah. Because, like, a, the, the era was bad. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff I see online is, like, a lot of, like, 4chaners and all that sort of memes with the otakus and cringy people. And it's like, I mean, I don't yeah. like shaming people. Like I know people watched it back then and understand that it wasn't the main, but to me is mm-hmm. is how I felt for it, which was really something I wanted to avoid, which nowadays mm-hmm. looking back, I think it was just silly. I thought that way. And it was really dumb. Like that. I was yeah. like, Oh, Hey, if you like this, sh- or like, like if to myself, like if I like this, I'm like some sexual deviant or some sort of like weird, creepy guy that like is like awkward around people. Mm-hmm. But like now, I know that's not the case. But back then, this is my mentality. So I stopped really watching anything up to 2015 when I started watching Evangelion. I was like, oh hey, I'm starting to feel this vibe. And I started, oh hey, I watched Ghost in the Shell again. This is amazing. And I learned, oh hey, this isn't. And I guess the Renaissance with like a Attack on Titan and those other shows like that. It's like, oh, it all isn't like that. It's just like it's now like the, I guess the minority of stuff. And there is that stuff out there. But I mean, a lot of it's not like. It's not like in your face like it might have been before. Where it's like, oh, it's one part of it, you know? Yeah. 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 I think I went through something similar too. Uh, I guess on like the thing where, at least for in my um, experience, I was kind of getting tired of being 
for at least around, especially in the high school, I, I wanted to be more confident and appear more quote unquote cool and being known as like another Asian girl who nerdy Asian girl who liked anime. I didn't want that going with me into college. So I was like, miss. I got labeled as a hipster for some reason. I kind of went with that. And I very <laughs> much was very mum about liking really anything about anime um, or cartoons. <laughs> and now, like, looking back, I shouldn't have been so ashamed of it because it's generally stuff I enjoy and it's so diverse as a medium that there's no point of thinking, like, that the there's only one idea that like one thing that exists and that will define you as a person. So exactly, yeah, yeah. That's so good. That's kind of how so I felt. Mainstream. You know, Megan the Stallion dropping anime references. <laughs> yeah, and and I was gonna say nowadays it's better than ever. Like this this whole nerd thing, shame is it's not a thing anymore. Like we have shows like. I said better worse like Big Bang Theory and stuff like you know mm-hmm. that's more nerdy orientated. Which ah, I mean, Big Bang Theory, there's it's a, a bad weird show, dynamic. But it's not just that. I've I've often heard it described as a show made by nerds but for non-nerds. Like I earnestly believe that show is made to make fun of nerds because it's the cultural environment the people who made it grew up in. Yeah, I th- I think that's a really good accurate d- description of it. But I think I think part of me, like at least from what I understand, for people that watch it, it seemed more like a oh that's really cool sort of thing. Like it changed, it kind of changed the perspective of people. I yeah, mean, I understand no. that's the way it is, but a lot of people that I've talked to feel like that are sort of, I guess nor like norm normy, I guess that sound like a a, a weird guy. I a feel four-chaner. that a four channer, yeah, is a it sort of changed that perspective. Which I mean, no, I- yeah. I think there's a value there, but like, I think there's also like an age dynamic because I think that's very much true with older nerds. Like for instance, my aunt loves Big Bang Theory and she was like a fucking computer engineer at IBM. And for her, I think Big Bang Theory is like a very pro nerd thing because she remembers growing up at a time where like nerds would make fun of themselves to be accepted by other people while I feel like younger people are more like, this is cringy because it's doing that. It's for other people's enjoyment, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I do so think I wonder it's how much show. It is like a age dynamic thing. Like, obviously your friends aren't as old as my aunt, I assume. Oh, but, no, no, um, it was, I was talking about like, it was actually literally my aunt that watches it that I talked about it with. Oh, okay, yeah. So like, I don't think there's any problem with people liking it. I just think that it it's a difference in experience and expectation often. And that's, I've often heard it compared with Community, which is like a show made by nerds for nerds, but it it had very clear cultural markings of like when it was made much later and for a different audience than, you know, Big Bang Theory. For sure. And and I guess that just the point I'm making is that uh, I'm just happy that we live in this thing where I can not be afraid to talk about this anymore or be be worried like I did before. Because I think if I got transported back in time and the way that I am right now and knew that all this that I know, I think I probably would still do the same thing and not watch anime as much. Mm. Mostly because it's mostly because, you know, it's still I mean, better or worse, I'm still in the environment I'm in in that time frame where it still was kind of like harsh towards that. 
to the point because yeah. I don't don't really think it changed till like 2014 or 13 is when the big I guess wave of that came through where it's like oh this is a whole media property yeah, sort of thing. I think kids like your age and older grew up like in, into my age like grew up like knowing what anime was because of Pokemon, but like it was up to the next generation of people who grew up surrounded by it to have completely normalized it because it was still like weird shit when I was a kid. Like it is very difficult finding people my age because in case the listeners don't know, I'm significantly older than the other cast members who are into anime and gaming who are not like guys, frankly. Fair enough. Not that there weren't female nerds. It's just much less common. And like, this isn't like a, a, a thing about like saying like, therefore, women are fake nerds. It's more like just no nerd spaces were not fucking welcoming back then. Yes. And like, it's just very interesting. I mean, I'm, I, there's still a lot of problems now with openness, but like it's gotten better. So I'm really glad to see that like, not only are more men nerdy, but like more women are into nerdy things as well. And like, that's really cool. Right. I, I, I always I, remember, I always mm-hmm. think that I, I picked a scene. I saw like, in was talking like during a club that I went to. So it was the cat was the antithesis antithesis of that where i remember i went to a club and it was it was like a strategy nerd club sort of thing with like one or two women and there's this one woman there and there's just a group of guys surrounding her like every single day it was so weird and i thought that's sort of surrounded where it's like it's like a a scarce it was really weird i don't know that can be off-putting in its own way even if it seems initially welcoming exactly so I, i just thought that that it was sort of that antithesis where it's like yeah we they understand it's like kind of off putting it's like having that attention i guess but yeah. I'm, uh, as a white male, I don't really think I can give my a whole thing on that. <laughs> Lol. Yeah, um, I think nerd spaces are weird. I think even now I would feel like I have very complicated feelings about how I'd go like approach being same. an anime club and this re- the, this battle of have being shy and having social anxiety as a younger person and like who I am now and trying to connect those two those two parts of myself because now it would be like I don't know I think I would have this I this aversion of being seen as cringe (laughs) like I don't it's something it's so dumb because literally anything can be cringy so the word is so mute it's so it really doesn't have much meaning at all but there's still that kind of like aversion. It's kind of like with Tumblr. Like I have very complicating, complicated feelings about Tumblr fandoms and how they've, they were, especially around 2015, 2014, mm. and what that yeah. all encompasses and how it stereotypes people in ways that are both true and not true, in especially with being like a nerdy woman and how that yeah. reflects on being seen as an adult especially i like to think that a lot of those communities are sort of just an amplification over exaggeration of what uh what people in real life would be like in the view of people because like i mean yeah. yeah you're gonna have a lot of people say oh you're cringy for liking this or the tumblr community is cringy for this and that but if you meet in real life as long as you're not mlp fans i think for the most part it's kind of normal <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's always this exaggeration. I think the nerd martyr complex, like, I don't think it, it's like there is a point where, yeah, you there people get excluded for their interests and they're probably face like some bullying harassment. But in the large scheme of things, you're not this 
pariah all of a sudden because you like the anime or you like Star Trek or you like insert nerdy thing. Exactly. It, you know what? I, like, mm-hmm. Even if it's like stuff that's even... Even like like more um I guess more controversial now is like something like mm-hmm. a Steven Universe or something mm-hmm, of that yeah. nature. I mean it's even then it's like yeah I mean if in, I mean yeah you'll probably get shot online but in real life it's like oh, yeah that's cool. Yeah exactly. Like it's, even you know, like it's so normal now and I think it's great for kids like a like hearing my younger cousins who are very much different from me in terms of like interests talk about how they're watching naruto in quarantine i'm like oh yeah, that's man. cool i'm gonna be honest yeah. like like i'm jealous of kids these days i wish i could transport back or sorry i wish i could start over now like a lot of people say mm-hmm. oh it was good back in in the old days like no put me into the time i want to grow up now and then mm-hmm. have more acceptance for the yeah, stuff i like i think a lot yeah, of kids they're... have a lot of more confidence in things that i wouldn't have confidence in when i was their age for sure. What are you saying, Joe? I was going to say, like, I think that a lot of it varies over time because, like, I'm old enough where, like, kids were still getting beaten up for having weird interests. Like, yeah, I used to get the shit kicked out of me, like, when I was a kid for being a nerd. And, like, I mean, one, got more accepted. Two, I learned to fight and, like, threw mm-hmm. hands back. And that was a big part of why I got into martial arts as I got older. Um, but like kids even older than me were routinely beating the shit out of for being nerds. And like, you can argue that that has less to do with their interests and more to do with like being social prize for like social issues. But the two were often interrelated in a way that like people can't really, people shouldn't really downplay back in the day. Um, I do agree that the martyr complex is stupid as hell and like used by people who are quote unquote old school nerds to like lord it over people and gatekeep. But I do sympathize with, like, things did used to be really bad. The problem is that a lot of people are extending that and weaponizing it in ways that are not only inappropriate, but, like, acutely harmful. Yeah. You mean, like, the, I, the whole, the whole like, oh, you guys would never survive in Modern Warfare 2 lobby sort of thing, right? Uh, no, not even that. I'm talking about more like, uh, I was ostracized for, you know, liking Star Trek as a kid. Therefore, women who are now into Star Trek who are young and therefore couldn't possibly have had that experience are invalid fans because they weren't beaten. Yeah, no, I fucking hate that shit. I hate those people, even though, like, I was, like, legit bullied for... There were probably multiple reasons, like, one of which was being a scrawny kid at a time where the internet didn't exist, and so people were just fighting each other. But, like, yeah, it's fucking stupid. I think yeah, people no. are fighting each other on the internet now. Yeah. You know? Kids are just it, gonna dox whoever they can on Twitter. Yeah, it's really interesting talking with my parents about the wild shit they used to do as kids, and, like, how they were like, oh, yeah, none of your uh, cousin's kids are nearly as wild as we were. And, like, my dad's like, I'm pretty sure it's just because they have the internet so they don't have to go outside and say like i don't know camp in the woods for a week like i did i would be honest though campings are a lot of fun though no i mean it is but like my dad would do that in like the winter in ohio and shit like that and then him and his sister (laughs) found like a place near a cemetery where they would like cremate bodies and so like they had all these like tin coffins that they then would like kayak down the river with until they started like drilling holes into them so that ki- like the local kids wouldn't steal them and kayak. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you guys sound like the fucking Hardy Boys or some shit. Yeah, no, but yes, yeah, a lot of it's just like boredom. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, I think with the internet, so, we have. I mean, it's a lot safer. I mean, nowadays, like a lot of people are worried about like the kidnapping stuff, but usually people are staying at home. You know. 
Yeah, for real. So I just think it's interesting. I I'm glad that like nerdiness is more um acceptable. Appreciated now and not I think eventually it should just like disappear as like a term to uh, indicate certain interests because like really you can we've talked about this on the podcast but you can nerd out about anything like a couple of us know like a couple that are fitness nerds one of them like literally has a phd in like kinesiology and like is a teacher of it and stuff like that like you can nerd out about literally anything fucking shredded too yeah they're they're shredded as hell yeah they could be a nerd about makeup i know a lot of people who are like makeup love makeup and they can go into histories of different brands and the different ingredients and products and applications very technical stuff and then like you're a big old nerd like a beauty nerd right there i yeah Yeah. i I think slowly it's becoming less of a stigmatized insult which i think is a good thing and hopefully empower people to not be ashamed to be interested in continuing learning about a specific thing that's outside of the normal classroom for sure yeah no I'm, I'm very happy about that now i noticed like even like teacher like it's i, I guess especially for the LG, lgbt people it's getting a little bit better i mean it's mm-hmm. not i mean it's i mean not per, not great but you know it's better than before I, oh, yeah. I, oh my it's... god wait this is relevant to that i swear to god did you guys okay. watch revenge of the nerds back in the day yeah uh, i think so do you remember the character who is just black and gay? And they're like, that means you're a nerd. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not even joking. Like back in the day, if you were black and gay, you were, that's like, that means you're a nerd. It's like, what? <laughs> like he literally doesn't have nerdy interests. He's just black and gay. Man, that fucking sucks. Yeah. yeah. It, it blew my fucking mind watching that because I only, I watched it when I was much older. So I was like, what the fuck? Also, the end of the movie has him, like, score, like, a really high, like, javelin-throwing uh, record because they invented a new pole that worked with his, like, limp arm throw. And I'm like, this is the most homophobic thing <laughs> What? No. Yikes. Stop. That's too, that's too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, sorry. But- I was just saying the increased acceptance of um, alternative sexualities in combination with the increased acceptance of nerdiness and i was just like wait i know something at the weird intersection of this yeah i was saying that because i remember in, in high school uh i remember there was two teachers yelling at this kid in the hallway because i guess he had some lgbt thing on his, his arms like we're gonna give you a jesus again or something like that what the fuck i, I there's, there's a char- charter school so oh okay okay I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't make it okay. Weird. It just makes it more I mean, It's expected. not okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's fucked up. But uh, but yeah, to answer your question, uh, no, I didn't. Wa- I don't think I would have watched a Hunter Hunter at all. <laughs> wow! <laughs> the, wow! This entire episode's a digression. It turns out. Yeah. Hey, um, we've been going kind of long, so I'm just gonna get to some of the um later questions. Um, one of them is just like, "Yo, man, how do you feel about being on the podcast and like getting to." we'll skip that one because like it turns out it seems like we all enjoy ourselves um but i we have a listener question from uh one of our uh patrons um i forget the real name but they have themselves listed as oh i I do remember their real name i don't necessarily think they'd appreciate being called it so i'm just gonna call them soup um yo i have a question for the end of the year in review ever since the beginning i've always wanted to know if it's not too personal how did you guys all come to meet each other and start the pod 
Uh, Patrick actually was the guy beating me. Uh, it was very yeah, weird. Yeah, I was beating him up. I, he, I was angry at him because he didn't suffer as much as me and, <laughs> and socially. Oh, you sound like Sasuke now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty much the Sasuke of this podcast, straight up. Yeah, that's true. I'm the Naruto of this podcast. No, but uh, I think the way I, were, I met Joe is really strange. I think I was watching something, like, I, I think he was either watching Game Center CX or watching something game-related. I think Joe it was Game ta- Center CX. Yeah, and ta- Joe tapped on my shoulder and we talked about it for like, I think it was like an hour or two or something crazy. I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but we talked quite a while. And I had him on Facebook, and then I don't think I've interacted with him until he said, hey, you having a podcast? Like, yo, I'll join. Yeah, I basically put out a help wanted Facebook thing for like a podcast. And, and like, like, Patrick yo. had never seen the show, but he had experience doing podcasts and sent me uh, the Sega Saturn Chiro podcast. For sure. But yeah, uh, and that's how I met Joe, and uh, I regret it every single day since. <laughs> no, I love Joe. I love all the ca- all my castmates. All these people are so cool. Aww. Aww. But seriously, yeah, I really, really enjoy it, and just the interactions and meeting other people in the the circle. I guess is the the the, the social circle of you guys. Yeah, I don't really know what to call the social circle because like it used to be around like one couple who are no longer a couple, and like yeah. But yeah, I kind of I kind of crowbarred my way into that and. Sort of befriended a bunch of people in there and made friends off of those friends. So, yeah. And it, I think probably is one of the most positive things that's happened in my life. Legit. Oh. So, thank you, guys. Um, In terms of chronological order, I think the first group that met each other, I either met Megan or Hannah first. Probably Hannah, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, back when I went to ASU for grad school, I, did I meet you at PASA, the Filipino club? I want to say yes. Okay. I think I met you there, and then you stopped showing up, and then I found out from another friend about a club called OCA, (laughs) which doesn't exist anymore. Um, But, like, we met up again there, uh, talked randomly throughout, like, the course of, like, a year, and found out that you were also, like, a big Yu Hakusho fan. Um, And, like, we talked about it for fairly long at various points. And then years later... Well, not years later. So a year later, I think I met Sarah accidentally once um, <laughs> where I was at a Starbucks near ASU oh. and I said hi to who I thought was Hannah and she reacted weirdly and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then <laughs> Sarah explained who she was and I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. What are the um, chances like, of that? <laughs> I will be honest. It's so small. And I'll it be... Didn't help. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, go, I'll be, go ahead, Hannah. I'll be honest. Half the people I met on campus, including friends I would interact with co- constantly, I'd only briefly mention that I had a twin. Like, briefly. Sometimes I wouldn't, because it would never come up in conversation about siblings. So sometimes I wouldn't even mention it. And so then they would run into Sarah. <laughs> I think you had told me, but I had assumed they were fraternal. Mm. So I just thought that she was you. But I'm like, well, she looks kind of off, like slightly taller. <laughs> but i was just like you know what maybe maybe i don't fucking know what's going on and then it's just like oh wait fuck she has an identical twin it turns out yeah so i I do kind of remember that day and i think by then i was getting used to people um mistaking me for hannah because i think around the time hannah started to do more uh the dorm leadership like the ca work so i had people 
know her would come up to me. I had people hug me thinking I was her and I had the, okay, I I didn't like, do that, had the hug God. come back. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. It's okay. I you still it, I like hugging hugs. people. So I don't care I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but um we eventually she, like Sarah eventually started hanging out with our friend group more and more. Um we talked more about anime. Yuhak show also came up because it turns out the two of them were both really into it together. Um Megan unrelatedly so we were in the Filipino club together and she stayed in and we did a lot of stuff there. Um, and Megan, like while we never did martial arts together, we had both done jujitsu and, and like I'd wrestled a bit and she had wrestled a, a good amount. So we would talk about stuff like that. So we actually hung out a decent amount, but nothing to do with anime, more to do with like Filipino cultural dance and martial arts. And then eventually it came up that she was a pretty big Yu Show fan from back in the day. And I was like, oh fuck, I think I have my cast. And so like, that's when I put out the help wanted thing. Cause I'm like, oh, it can't just be, like you know a bunch of people who have seen it there needs to be someone who hasn't and so like basically we were looking for a fifth and then we found patrick yep and it's all downhill from here (laughs) but no but actually you met megan that recently though uh like 2012 man oh oh, okay oh no i thought you met her right right after you put out that right before you put out that ad i was like no 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 we had we had been like hanging out for like years uh from oh uh, stuff Okay, I was confused. I thought you just met her. I was like, you know what? Let me do. A- I met this. Let me do a-, a podcast now. No, 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 no. That'd been funny, but yeah, but no, we were yeah. on like Pasa exec board together and 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 stuff like that. Fair enough. Yeah, fun times. Good stuff, my dudes. Um, so the most controversial topic. Um, let's let's try to keep this as short as we can. If our passions don't uh, overwhelm our ability to curtail our speech. But um, what are you guys expecting from the live-action Yu Hakusho? The question everyone's been waiting for. Oh, sorry. I expect it to be total fucking garbage, but I'm down to watch it. I'm tentatively excited about it just because... And this is my big brain conspiracy theory. Not a conspiracy per se. Just my observations in terms of how Netflix has been going about their content in japan and korea and especially working with in-house being the make the main producers for specific series i feel like the writing is going to be good and it's going to have a high budget so it has a potential to be really good i i just watched finish alice in borderland and it was awesome especially something that was kind of based off less of a realistic um, more modern day. It had a lot of sci-fi. It wasn't fantastical like Yu Hakusho is. I think that's a little bit of my apprehension, like how they're going to handle the graphics. But how they handle the writing, it still felt very like uniquely Japanese, but it didn't have like too many cliches that I usually don't like in Japanese dramas. So I think it'll, the the fact that that Netflix allows the pop allows writers to have a little bit more freedom on what to do like things won't be kidified or things won't be um i think they'll pay attention to how the characters are written and i'm kind of hoping that instead of wigs 
that they'll just dye the hair of the actors, but that's just me being very, very optimistic. I think they're going to use wigs. <laughs> I, I was hoping for, like, what the colors are actually supposed to convey, like how basically Kuwabara's hair is actually supposed to be, like, brown because it's sun-bleached. Right, yeah. because... With the promos that are going with the one, that's actually from the stage play. At first, yeah. I thought, like, this is, oh, this is how the live action's going to look. I don't know, sis. It's it's a little too cosplay-ish. But I don't yeah. know. I think with the live action, they're probably going to go the route where they're either dye people's hair or they'll use more realistic wigs. Yeah, I was I confused that, at first. I, I thought... Yeah, because I just skimmed it. I thought I thought it was saying that they're gonna bring the live action play to Netflix. Like they're oh, they're gonna film it. Like uh, I'd be down for that. Sort of like oh. um, sort of like uh, what's that? That uh, like Hamilton. I thought they were gonna say like Hunter Hunter. Yeah, like <laughs> Hunter Hunter. No, but no, I th- I thought that's what what it meant. That like oh, they're just gonna bring it there. I didn't realize it meant oh, a new series. I thought it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. Like I I'm, I echo similar sentiments to Sarah I think because it looks like it's going to be produced and filmed in Japan I know a lot of people say like no another death note but I don't think it's going to be another death note because it's not an American remake so I think that's the biggest distinction and um I mean I'm pretty basic as long as the Kurama's actor is a hottie then I'm gonna be pretty satisfied so So the Netflix production Netflix Japan productions have been really bad too some of them Mm. like the Full Metal Alchemist one and the Attack on Titan one or that wasn't Netflix that one was just a movie studio um but I think some of that hokiness has to do with casting Japanese people as Europeans which is not right. an issue in Yu Hakusho, which just takes place in fucking late 80s, early 90s Japan. Mm-hmm. So I'm really wondering about the idea of periodicity, like when it takes place, because mm-hmm. like I really want it to still be the 90s. The problem is that this introduces an issue of like how relatable will it be to people who are not from Japan during that time? Because like if they go with that, the aesthetic will be one, it will be aesthetic as hell, but two, it will not be how the cartoon was, which is kind of like that, but without the dates, with the dates sanded off. And like it will feel like very like people won't have cell phones or they'll have beepers at most and like shit like that. And like people will be like, what is going on? There will be no computers. And so I wonder if they're going to bring into the modern day, which I kind of hope they don't, or if they do, they have like a really good way of doing it. And then there comes questions of like how the fuck is Yusuke going to be 14 and doing this like i i earnestly think like maybe just age them up 2 years just even 2 years would make this 10 trillion times more believable yeah um, i think that's probably what's going to happen they'll say oh this this 18 year old is 6 is 14 uh, yeah, yeah i'm not excited for that i i don't know cuz it's i think it all depends really and Maybe I just haven't watched enough other types of, like, Japanese TV shows, especially ones that are current, to see. I could see it working in modern day, um, just because I, there are probably some similar things. Like, there's economy issues happening similar now to what was happening in the 90s. I, the technologies will be interesting because... Obviously, they didn't have the same computers, and everyone's a lot more linked up to tech. And I, yeah, is there really delinquents running around? That's what I was going to say. 
one of the biggest differences that youth culture in Japan, like basically is just like a slightly younger version of adult culture in Japan now because there's so few kids. So because of that, they just get hand-me-down culture. There's not like a own youth delinquent culture. So that's mm-hmm. another major reason that's really hard to do it now. Right. So I I don't know. I mean, I think it would be interesting how they navigate through that. And I think it would help if he is older, at least old enough where he isn't um, me on the cusp of like he has to go to school. What's the mandatory age that you have to I think it's 16 in, in Japan. I think it's 16 it, in Japan. Okay. I mean, I think that could work. Um, I don't know. I, Maybe I, at least make him 15. Like, just 14 is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm hoping it'll be better just because I feel like Netflix as a whole pays more attention and wants their mo- their shows to be better than their movies because the shows, especially if they are released in seasons, is what keeps um, subscribers. So mm-hmm. they usually tend to pay more attention in the quality of their shows versus the movies which mm-hmm. is i don't know if that's the right thing or not but that's what i just observed it will so i have better hopes case. for it compared to like the full metal alchemist or the attack on titan because those were those were movies not yeah. shows hey no, i think that's a, a good that, point that promise neverland the live action looks pretty good though oh yeah i'm excited so, for that one thing that's like really worrying to me, it's maybe not the biggest issue, but I think it will be a big issue for whether I like it, is I haven't, I don't think Japanese unarmed martial arts choreography for live action has been good since like the early 80s. Mm. And like, I'm not excited for that. Like, I think it's going to look really hokey the way they fight. <laughs> um, like there yeah. are great Japanese martial arts performers they often do their best work outside of Japan or with weapons and only some of the characters use weapons in Yu Hakusho That's like true. it'd be great if they got choreographers from like China, Thailand like pretty much the rest of Asia and maybe the states instead of using Japanese action choreographers because there's just not much there It's it's real bad and I'm worried about that yeah. I'm wondering how they're going to do Tagoro. What kind of style would use KB fighting in for, you'd see the beginning, it probably wouldn't be a specific style. It's like straight up street brawling. But later yeah, in Yeah, it's the like series... street brawling plus probably like a little bit of like boxing. Mm-hmm. Which could be good. We'll see. Like if they just got some Muay Thai guys, not that like Yusuke is doing knees all the time, but like the idea of tying people up and just like beating the shit out of them. Could be good. Muay so, tying, yeah, or get the dudes from the raid. Ooh, That'd be kind of yeah. cool. That I would think be pretty sick. Once there's more information about who exactly is working on it, like director, producer, the cast, I think at least I'll have like a better idea of what to expect. But then I don't know. Alice in Wonderland was directed by the same guy who did the Bleach movie and the Death Note live action, and. I was like, wow, this is like night and day. <laughs> yeah, maybe people it, can change. So, who yeah, I don't know who's Wonder directing Land. the Yuhawk show one. Yeah, wait, we'll find wait, there's out. There's a there's an Alice in Wonderland anime? Uh, Alice in Borderland. Sorry, oh, Alice in, oh, you Wonderland. said one, I was like, what? 
Oh yeah, Al- she said Borderland the other times and just slipped up the last time. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't sure. I I thought there was. I thought there was something else. Sorry, my bad. No worries. Uh, okay, so they've also said that they're basing it on the manga. They specifically mm. said the manga. So I'm worried that they're going to do the longer first season, and I wonder how that's going to be. Ta- it might actually make the show better because then there will be less fighting. In which case, <laughs> if the acting is good, then it will be good. What's that to see? I'm wondering where they're going to... I'm wondering if they're just going to do 13 episodes that end with him waking up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. Well. I, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> the first season's my least favorite season of your Hawkeye show, too. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the... Uh, I was going to say, I think that's the universal opinion that I'm like, oh, no, wait. There are some people whose least favorite is the final season. That's yeah, the, true. I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather watch the first season again than the than the last season. At least with the, the first season, I know it's going to get good. The last hey, season, I know it's going to end, and I'll be sad. The first half of the last season's great. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, but yeah, if they don't end it with him waking up, where do you think they'll end it? Because I was talking with some people, and like maybe just after May's Castle, or like right before May's Castle, like basically he gets he becomes Genkai's apprentice, and that's where the first season ends, or something. I think that would be fine. I I couldn't see them ending on such a lo- a, a slow note, but yeah. I mean I've seen dumber so. Because I think with the if they are basing it off the manga, with the first like the first um, chapters where Yusuke's like being a ghost and he's helping random people, that could easily be put into one episode. Because typically Netflix shows have a running time anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour fifteen. I don't think they'll compress it. Like they'll have the show be as short as thirty minutes. They'll probably do forty five at least. So they could easily yeah. knock that out in one episode and then do the episode where he's he's earned all the nice good karma points and now he can wake up but then he goes in the fire and the egg and the kiss mm-hmm. of life and that could be done in one episode. So Yeah. The good thing about I Japanese Japanese dramas and most I think shows both in the west and the east they're long. They're not 30 minutes. They're usually 45 minutes to an hour, which is different with anime, which always runs at most 22 to 25 minutes. Yeah, no, that that could be a saving grace, especially there are fights that they had to cut into weird um, separations, like the stuff with Hiei in the beginning. It's just like very awkward how they had to cut it up. Um, so that could be good, but... I guess, like, one thing that would be cool about ending at the Genkai succession would be pretty much they'd be like, okay, now you're going to train either for two months or six months, depending on what they decide to use. And then, like, that could be their excuse for, like, oh, yeah, he's training while we're making the next season. (laughs) And then if they have, like, an actual teenager, it's like, he got bigger because that much time passed. Mm Mm-hmm. Tom Holland as Yusuke (laughs) Yurimachi. God. Yeah, um but yeah who they'll cast. it will probably be someone that none of us know because none of us watch enough young japanese like actors yeah i'm curious who they'll cast as genkai um one thing that we talked about a little bit um some of us off mic was um as much as I normally like being faithful to things, I would like it if maybe they changed one or two things about Yu Hawk Show, uh, such as the transphobia. And um, 
I guess, like, what are you guys' feelings on this? Like, like, do you think it'd be better to include it, but have, like, a message at the beginning from Togashi that, like, his views have changed as evidenced by, like, later works? Or do you think it'd be better to just excise it or change it? Excise it. it. I think excise it, because there's really... Athena is transphobia and it is sexual harassment. Neither are good, (laughs) and there's not really a reason... For it to exist. Like the only reason why I existed in the anime is for like a very shoddy attempt at humor. Um, like there's oh, a different way for Yusuke to cu- create doubt in Miyuki's mind without like questioning her gender <laughs> in her in her identity in that way. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I would it. like no skip or like the f- flipping skirts because <laughs> that's just also like dumb fan service that wouldn't fly in real life. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do about that because like I wonder if they're going to make the proto relationship between Yusuke and Keiko more textual as opposed to like implied. Mm hmm. Yeah, I wonder. We'll see. So I've seen, you know, some, like, pretty bad reactions to it in, like, English language forums, but also in Portuguese forums Mm -hmm. where, oh, my God, people were complaining about the idea of, like, a politically correct remake of Yu Hakusho, like, in Portuguese, and I could read it, and I was just like, oh, no. Like, people were like, they're going to make, they were like, remember the funeral? They're going to make Yusuke and and Kuwabara bisexual. And I'm just like, why is this word you guys are jumping to? (laughs) It's not gonna be like that drastic. Like my gosh. Yeah, it's it's really not. I I wonder if they'll make the mass fighter stuff better because that fucking sucks. Like yeah. I love Genkai and I love her story. I hate how they're like, who could it be? Yeah, because how are they gonna play it up? I mean, unless they they do have to hire two different actors. Um, or what if they just have her show up in her young form and be that way with, like, the mask on or off, like, all the time until near the end she reveals who she is? Ah, uh, yeah. And then... Yeah, because this is weird, because in the show, it's like, what the, what's his name? He has the super long name, Shishi something. Shishi Wakamaru. Yeah, Shishi Wakamaru. He's, like, stunned by her beauty and, like, oh, I wish I did beat you. Oh, uh, um... Yeah, I think they should just keep the mask on or keep it off. Like, don't do not do it halfway, because I think in anime it's fine. I think in live action, maybe the viewers would just be confused, and they wouldn't really get it. Yeah. Because um, visually, you could see it's Genkai. Like, the clothes that she wears is similar to that which Genkai would wear when she was old. It's the same outfit. It's literally, yeah, right. It's the same outfit. The fact that no one really knew, I'm like, especially you, Kay, like, dude, you've been with her for like six months <laughs> training. So, like, how can so you like, not recognize someone wearing the same exact clothes, the same exact tight? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's he, a really he, prominent uh, character from 80s anime who did something similar in Gundam where, like, they like show up in the second series and they're just like, I'm this person. They're like, that's weird. You remind me of the other person. And it's like, no, not that person. But like, 
there there's thematic reasons like why they would christen themselves with a new name because they're trying to like separate themselves in terms of identity and you actually it feels like there's no fucking reason like i get like wanting to hide who you are but then maybe do a better job but it feels mm-hmm. like they were trying to do something like the identities thing but like fucking up was it something where I think I'm trying to I don't remember if I ever question why she was in her why she felt the need to disguise herself? Was it because I think it's because she didn't want Tagoro to know she was there mm-hmm. and she didn't want other demons to start trying to target her because like she didn't want to like the hassle of assassination attempts outside of the ring. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Although, they're the human team there, so they kind of already had, like, fucking rugby and, like, those other dudes come after them. Yeah, but I think if they recognized her, um, old or young, really, now that I think about it, it would put the team more at risk. Yeah, that's why she went with the mask. <laughs> yeah, sense. another thing that's weird to me is that, like, when they do show her face and she looks young, it feels like that's actually something where more people would recognize you <laughs> because everyone who was at the Dark Tournament remembers you as a young woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe she has, like, the old Asian lady perm now, but it no, looks she does. like young Genkai. Her hair is different. <laughs> she had the old Asian lady perm even when she reverted in age, which was fucking weird. It's just like, yeah, you got that old Asian look, but you're secret. I mean, and you and you are, but you look young now. It's it's real. That's someone's fetish. I don't know that's who's, a, but, that's like. That's a good perm job. The fact yeah. that can withstand time, like, age regression. <laughs> yeah, that's the standard against which all perms must be judged from now on. <laughs> hey, you can't take away your success perm. She oh my god, it. yes. She's a... God damn it. She's a big Fresh Off the Boat fan. Um, Oh, Patrick's internet died. I was wondering what happened to him. Do you I'm guys want to just... Uh, oh, you're back? I, I, Yeah, it died, but I came back. Nice. I for like five minutes. Okay. Um. So, I'm... Uh, I'm good with the uh, episode. I, I hope everyone, uh, you know, has like a good rest of 2020. Sorry about the rest of the year sucking, but let's try to make 2021 better. Um, you guys have anything more to say to the fans? Or thanks for watching, guys. I really appreciate, it, especially this year with you, um, you g- making us basically paying for the show, essentially. I guess in a or, or helping us pay for the show, I suppose. Yeah, we really appreciate that. Thank you, everyone who's ever donated, either through Patreon or Kofi. And thank you, just everyone who's rated us as well. And, like, uh, we really appreciate it. We like having the community sort of around and being able to talk with people about some shows that are some of our favorites. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very we much, really guys. I appreciate all the support. And I know for me personally, one of my 2020, 2021 goals is to become more active and communicate with you guys through the community Discord and other likes. So. I'm holding myself accountable. If you want to hold me accountable, go ahead. Call me out. <laughs> because I definitely want to be able to start interacting with you guys more. Just thank you so much for listening in and supporting us. Like, it's just we can't express how much we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Same here. That's my goal to interact with you guys. And um, I really hope, you know, along with. Um, supporting us and everything. I hope you guys are enjoying the show and enjoying like our commentary and everything. And um, 
I don't know. It's really fun to analyze the show and talk about the themes and just talk about our thoughts and stuff about the episodes. And I hope you guys, as well as listening to us, get to do it with your friends or your like on the Discord, talk about your thoughts about the episodes that we're watching and everything and, you know, continue reveling in the glory that is Hunter Hunter because it's the shit. <laughs> and it's the one glory. of the few things that's got us through 2020 for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, we got a couple things coming up. So this is the last uh, episode of 2020. There will be no episodes after this in 2020. None. None. Nope. None. No episodes. Nothing this else. Last, this is the last episode, guys, for 2020. So hopefully Wink. you guys enjoyed the 2020 season. Um, but that said, uh, coming up, uh, Patrick and I found a mysterious uh, blank videotape that uh, yeah. we'll be viewing possibly on the show. I'm, I, and, I uh, thought it was Prudy Tang, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, uh, I think it's Chapter Black. Um, we Are you sure? found this in a cursed, uh, cursed uh, basement. Uh, I went to LA this weekend and uh, I found it in a cursed basement video shop. So if you guys are ready to see the uh, worst deeds of humankind, come and watch Pootie Tang with us. <laughs> oh, I was I was going to cut that just to make it more mysterious, but we didn't say it's Pootie Tang. It's cool. It's actually Scary Movie Three. <laughs> It's it's booty tang. Anyways, um, yeah, we'll be we'll be watching that with a special guest. Uh, longtime listeners probably know who it is if you've been paying attention. Um, but yeah, get hyped for that. It's uh, we're all going to lose our faith in humanity and uh, become honorary members of the Sensui Sensui Seven G. I'm gonna play video games. Yeah, and then die. Anyways. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, we finally did insert a Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod and throw us some cash for hosting fees and equipment and join our patron-only Discord where we uh, will be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yu and much more. Speaking of the Discord, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us another way and give us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Send us the link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect the two of them. And we got you. Each review gets a surface to tens or hundreds more people. Also, heads up, today's intro music was made by Studio Megaane. Check them out on YouTube, Twitter, and most importantly, iTunes. Anyways, see you guys on the other side of 2020. Later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> とつとけ出して君に染みてゆくこの太陽は夜も輝いて導く幻が